0: Let this food take you places you've never imagined. We really out here eating good-ass food, listening to good-ass music, just vibing. We aren't critics. Fuck critics. We're only bringing you things we love. With your host... Lil Robbie Vince and Nelson motherfucking Conroy. You've never experienced anything like this before. Open your ears and free your taste buds. Gastro traveling, motherfucker. Welcome to another episode of
1: Gastro traveling. We are here tonight with a good friend, Dean Batten. What is up? Uh, that direction, I think. Okay. Still. Man, these fucking dad jokes, we gotta have to talk about these.
2: Do you have a bunch of kids running around? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I no? spend
1: a lot of time alone. So he maybe mo- I'm the child. I don't He's know. He's just gearing up. He's just joking for his inner child. That's yeah. What yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dean, before we get to anything else or anything at all, really, please plug how can we find you, who you are? Where can we find your music? What kind of
3: music do you play? Well, I don't know. Tell me about you a little bit. I think I can answer all but one of those. I have no idea what kind of music I play. I say folk rock because it's a good catch-all, but honestly, I have no real idea how to explain it. All right. Um, so, hi, internet. I'm Dean Batten. Uh, I'm a s- singer-songwriter from Florida. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dean Batten bro B-R-O-ficial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Uh, I've got a lot of music out online. I've put out a bunch of records myself, and that's kind of what I'm doing. Right now, I'm in the middle of putting out a new single every month. Uh, this, I think we're, we're... What's today? January 17? Yes. Okay. So about six days ago, I put out another single called The Favor. It's available everywhere music is streamed or pirated. And uh, I also... <laughs> Please don't steal his music. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> if if you if you do, share it with your friends and then come see me live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, for those who can see this on YouTube, I'm wearing my own merch because, yeah, I'm a walking billboard. You can find me at uh, deanbatten.com. I got a whole bunch of stuff up there, and I like eating and getting gas and oil changes for my motorcycle. So buy something. Support em.
1: <laughs> Yeah, support me. So today we're talking about a lot of things, Right. That's what podcasts <laughs> you, are about. Yeah, usually a lot of talking, <laughs> a lot of talking. But I was gonna, I was gonna. This is gonna be my segue, and then Rob fucking over there tweeting, and he ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking half listened to what I'm saying. So, yeah, they, so we're listening to an album, right? It's called. Please tell me. I listen to me. Le, preface. Let me preface this before anything. I had a day to listen to this album because <laughs> the homie came through. We had a cancellation, and then. Things happen, so I only had a day to listen to it. But I really liked it. It was a vibe. It is, please, please help me with this. It's it's The Grief,
3: right? The, gr- the Grief We Gave Our Mother Yes, by Matthew Fowler. By Matthew Fowler. See, I knew those things, but I wasn't confident in saying that. That's totally fine. Is that fair? Because I'm here to help, baby. Don't worry about it. That's fair.
1: <laughs> so, to pair with that album, like we do every week, Angel Campos is in the building. He made a delicious meal for us today. He's walking over here.
2: <laughs> I'm walking over like fucking Joey Diaz. Oh, every
1: week. <laughs> yeah, he's, listen false. to me, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's very insecure about walking in front of the camera, okay? <laughs> Angel yeah, or Joey? Yeah, yeah, that's why I, Angel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was like, he was like, um, he was telling me, he's like, hey man, where should I put the food before, before the episode?
3: Because should I, 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 uh. What's up? just had a religious experience. Oh my, you don't even know, dude. (laughs) This is
1: every week with this, man. Angel, stop fucking touching me.
0: First off, (laughs) (laughs) He was just talking about a religious uh, experience, so I thought that was kind of like... You were trying to get closer to God, or...?
3: No, just when religion happens, people get touched, right? (laughs) That's Mecca. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: that's, that's
4: that's that's what I thought he was going with
5: it. I was like, oh...
3: I like like right on what it's less than five minutes in, and we're
5: already cracking all the Catholics. Making I'm here that. for it. Oh,
0: fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> Anyways, that's why I had to tell on. I'm a bellboy. I used to be a bellboy. What do they call him? Bellboy. Bellhop. An altar boy. An, oh, but I call it bellboy. I was an altar boy because I just too. rang the thought bell. thought you were talking. You
3: worked in a hotel because I've done that. A, <laughs> a bellhop. Yeah, a bellhop. So,
1: Angel, what is this bowl that you put in front of me and Dean? I like previously said. I still don't
0: know what the fuck it is.
1: Original dish. I named it before the show. It's called Angels Squad Chicken Dish. Because Squad Chicken. Because, because it's man. enough to feed a squad. It's enough to feed the squad. And man. it's from squash.
0: No shut no, the we fuck up, did we didn't go that far. What? No. no. Tomato, yeah. tomato. Dude, no one went that
3: far. No. I can't yeah. come up with a good pun fast enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no. we weren't slacking. No.
1: <laughs> so, so what did what did you put in front of us? So
3: Please. it's pretty
0: much uh, spaghetti squash, i.e., because there's a lot of string instruments. Well, the guy's pretty much like a guitar sure. from his asshole He's song, Oh, God. Okay, was that too much? <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, was i I'm sorry. <laughs> you, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, he's a he's a beautiful <laughs> <I'm> musician. <laughs> <laughs> what every song, you know, What? A, and so I wanted to have represent the-, the string instruments with some sort of string food. So spaghetti squash. Also, because it's cold in Florida, I you know the twice of yeah. the year that it happens. Yeah, <laughs> d- today and tomorrow. Yeah, fucking seriously. <laughs> so I wanted to do like a wintry dish. Um, also, it's a very warming album per se. It's kind of about to say simpy.
2: <laughs> Please, emotional.
0: Come on. It's emotional. He was sad. Angel, he talks about love. Before and shit. the podcast, before before Dean was here,
1: we were listening to emotional music. So like, don't talk down. That's about de- it. that's oh Dave.
0: That's uh, that's oh what do you mean emotional? It was spiritually emotional. Angel, please. this is emotionally emotional. Angel, you get it? <laughs> Kanye don't use a guitar. Anyways. Angel. This is really good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Just, just despite so how so weird the description that, just, is. This it, is a, this is banging. This is fucking banging. It's a warm, <laughs> flo- like you know, a little warm dish in Florida. You it know? tastes
3: like an acoustic guitar sound.
0: Perfect. Perfect. That's fair. Yeah. I'm still trying to you know pinpoint it. I've I've tried to be done stringy stuff before, as I, justifying a guitar. Okay. It's not the first time I'm going to use this or the
3: last. Okay.
1: I want to say this without being offensive to Angel. Okay. It it tastes like something a grandmother would make,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a warm sweater, yes. which is how I would describe the sound of the record. I get what you were going for. in This yes. nails it. Comforting, this
2: warm, comforting. Fun fact: Angel's oh, well. grandmother is the reason he cooks.
0: Truth. Love you, dog. We we need, we need to like a whole episode. That's a whole, but bro, we can make. Never mind. Keep yeah. No, we not. not Just a fun fact. We let let not capitalize it. on it yet
1: you getting him off on tangents already, please. Sorry. <laughs> we'll do one, okay? Love also, that.
0: asparagus yes. Yes. is kind of a stringy vegetable, but I cut it in a way where it doesn't have to be. It's fibrous, as they say. As they say. Chemically. Okay.
3: Yeah, damn, this is banging.
0: I can't wait to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: behind, you still look it's so behind sad. Me. I, I turned around and looked at him. Like, he oh. looks so sad over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah like over, over there. Been... He's, not only is he the only one standing, he's the only one who's like not <laughs> yeah, well, we out, have noshing inch. right now, noshing on the squash. It's not the first time I heard Wait that five word five minutes to drop that <laughs> No re- Do
0: you remember those guys That came to work And they're like Hey do you have something to nosh on Oh yes <laughs> With their What is it A BM They had a nice b- Ooh Yeah What did you just say Man, They the- showed up to the coffee shop and BM? What did you say? Yeah, like they roll spikes. up in a BM. But
1: like, they, oh, they said, yeah, yeah, no, "You
0: know, no, they're like, do you guys have anything to nosh on? Mind you, there's a whole display right in front so of us. Ah, dude, you got nothing to nosh on? <laughs> yeah, that's no, it no, was. not surfer. It's like hoity-toity nosh. Ugh. White is white. We okay. have this discussion every week. White anyway. is not always white. <laughs> no, no, because you said in the car. What did you say? No, we're not, we're not saying what I said in the car. <laughs> oh, no. We're See? not saying what I See? said in the car. So you can't say white is white. All right, Angel, everybody.
1: <laughs>
2: Dean is, uh, <laughs> is De- inhaling the food. In. Like,
1: Angel's going to take it back from him. Dean, any, any final thoughts on the I'm so food? sorry, Dean.
3: No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Matthew's a super funny guy, and he's got a really good sense of humor. I'm glad. I sincerely hope. Matthew?
1: <laughs> I know you're watching right now. Shout outs to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I apologize for everybody in this room.
0: He's Floridian. He's
1: fine. Except for Dean. I don't talk. I don't, That's right. I'm speaking for my for, for my people. Yeah, code Coderate. Love right Dean. On. I'm speaking for Angel and Rob right now. No, and he's
3: from Florida. He'll get it. Yeah, no. He actually is originally from Orlando. Perfect. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Go, go Magic. He's right?
0: a he great dude.
3: You say go Magic? He is in, he's from Orlando. Angel, everybody. Thank, hey, you, Angel, thank you This is su- Angel, this is super good, dude. Thank, thank you for cooking. Good. This is amazing.
0: Can we have him back? Well, we need
3: people to come back to review my dishes, right? I mean you should be a scale. See, so okay. you know, you jinxed it. All right, you well, said I was eating it like he was going to take it yeah. back, and now here he is asking for it back. Yeah, I mean,
1: fuck. Angel, you look, like, you look like right <laughs> you look like a fucking Hispanic dad right now. You look like a Latina ex papa. Hey, here's the food. Here's the food. Here's the food. <laughs> and we'll be right back. We Gastro traveling. Welcome back to Gastrol Traveling. We're here, Dean Batten. Talking music, talking What's food. What's good, baby? <laughs> <laughs> finish it. You gotta finish it. Take me out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's crack open that, oh, yeah. that little bottle you got over there.
3: Yeah, my good buddy Nolan came on this beautiful podcast and he brought a tiny bottle of maker's mark, and so of course I had to big dick him and bring champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's let's I used to be a waiter. Can I still do it? done, son, (laughs) respect. Please pearls before swine. I don't know what that means. That's also not the correct usage of the term.
1: (laughs) Age before beauty. Is that what that?
3: No, no pearls before swine. It's a it's a thing from the New Testament. I think it's the book of Matthew. Uh, Jesus recommends that you do not cast your pearls before swine. Meaning if you got a good thing, don't waste it on somebody who doesn't understand it. So this is a complete misuse what i was doing was more like yeah kind of like the uh yeah the age before beauty thing kind of like that but instead of that i was saying i was saying that you're pearls and i'm swine
1: agreed. and this is champagne agreed uh-huh. rob's over there he where are the pearls he's the swine how about that that's fine that's fine <laughs> fucking ass <asshole>. so <laughs> What I want to talk about before we get into the album is I want to talk about you, my friend. I want to find out more about you. The other day, me and Rob took an adventure to Daytona Beach, Florida. To we want to say Prism? We want to say we went to the, went to Foundry. Well, we went to the Foundry, uh, which yeah, both. Like we book. went to the Prism 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 The Prism <laughs> Foundry. Listen, nobody said I was intelligent. Okay, so we went to the Foundry, aka Prism Coffee House. Yeah, uh, to see. Uh, a performance, and yeah. that's where I met Dean Robazier. I, um, I too met him. I gotta yeah. tell you, we we got off on the wrong foot. Well, a, l-
3: a little bit. <laughs> oh, should I tell? Should I talk about that? Please, let's okay. talk about it. So I, um, I I'm a weird guy.
4: <laughs> Listen, I love it though. I love. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. If 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 Nelson hadn't been uh, who he is, <laughs> this could have gone south really <laughs> fast. So. So um, we had a friend of mine, Colin Running Door, and another friend who would come to see the show, and uh, myself. The three of us were standing out front when Rob and Nelson uh, come walking up to come to see the showcase that <laughs> to I to support you, yeah, to support me, <laughs> and to to pay money even to see me play music, and uh, and I didn't know who they were, and um, so I proceeded to you know be overly <laughs> overly um, what would you say not exuberant uh, I would just say extroverted oh, like. N- I just had a coffee. I so. would
1: just say that, like, you talk to me like we've known each other for, like, months.
3: Which is fine. <laughs> so, so I, I ask what their names are, and Rob says Rob, and Nelson says Nelson, and then I say, oh, I love what you did for South Africa. Yeah. Just... Which is the most, like, horribly inappropriate and not even remotely okay thing I could have possibly said. I'm aware of this, but for some reason it came out of my fucking mouth. I tried to
1: play along with it, but I don't know. I couldn't do it.
3: No, your face went flat. Like, you just deadpan my ass would you have every shout, right to shout out to
1: deadpan one time he's our rapper friend that yes at. yes well, i
3: am but um like so so i i that's the first thing i say to him he doesn't really respond and then later a, a sentence or two later i ask him have you eaten recently <laughs> <laughs> to which he says well, yeah and i was like so you're not hungry anymore he says mm. no and then i say so you're a full nelson yeah and then they just walk in.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so fucking awkward. Well,
1: what's funny about that is that's one of the bits I do like to Rob when he says some shit. I say, "All right, gotta go." And then
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he gave you like the cold Sicilian stare when you said the
3: South African thing. It. I deserved it. I mean, I don't, and I don't even know where I was. For that, like but, I was gone, but that came out of my mouth. And then, and it was, okay, uh. and then and then I was like, "All right,
1: this fucking guy. All right, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna see what kind of music he does, this motherfucker."
3: This
2: is very parallel to when you first met Nolan. Listen, I
1: listen to me. That sounds about right. <laughs> well, no, no, I, no, Nolan was different. Yeah, a little different. Because that also anyway. sounds
3: about right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I listened to your music, and I was like, "This guy's fucking dope. Your stage presence, amazing. Your stories you tell on stage." Fucking fire! I was like, I want to know more about this man, and that's why he's here right now. So we can find out some more. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here for real. Yeah, it is a pleasure to have you because we're, I'm having a great time. It's been a great. It's been a great episode. Yeah, no, so it's
2: fun. been a, It's been an episode that. This is how it goes with like our really good friends. Yeah, yeah. like it's I like this.
3: Maybe it was a past life, baby. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe
1: it's awesome. I just feel like I'm. I'm going to say this because he's been on the podcast before. Somebody took the consciousness and soul of Justin Spanos. Yeah. Put it on a floppy disk or something. Put it into my friend Dean over here.
5: I <laughs>
3: don't know Justin Spanos well enough to, to be able to no confirm nor deny. Birds of a feather. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> I imagine that's what the point is. <laughs> I'm a, I don't want you it's to be. It's your show.
1: What the fuck? I don't want to be offensive.
3: <laughs> oh, shoot. Whatever. <laughs> Were you homeschooled? No. Really? Not even remotely. You give off strong homeschool vibes. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god well, That
3: that actually offended me a little bit No I'm proud of, no, I'm proud of you no, listen, That's I'm hard <laughs> It offended me but I'm proud of you well, No just because that's really hard Because I, mean, I know I know it's not mean I know it's not mean But like as soon as you said that I felt my blood pressure rise I'm like what the <laughs> fuck I <Like, laughs> like homeschooled Alright no public school the whole time Promise you <laughs> I'm dying I, I Shout gotta out see, George Marks Elementary I gotta, see some, I gotta see some records But
1: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. No, some of my best friends are homeschooled, and I feel like I don't know. I don't know. Justin Spanis was homeschooled. That's what I'm saying. Oh,
3: oh well. Sorry, Justin. He, no, he's
1: yes, he's fine. I love that kid. He's all right. Anyways, I just had to ask you because I said I said to Rob like this. No, motherfucker, that's
3: super right. fucking funny. That's super funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So enough
1: of this bullshit sure. aside <laughs> of me being stupid. Tell me about your story. You you were you were motorcycling across the the America. You were going down Route sixty six. What's going on?
3: Okay, so um, I'll see if I can give you the abridged version. Here we go. Just give me the give me whatever version you you into. Mark that on a, a <laughs> on a sunny late night in nineteen ninety six, I crawled out into the world. Okay, and um. Yeah, no, so I, uh... You were born in Florida? Yeah, yeah, Halifax Hospital.
1: Well. My brother! It's me too. I was not, I was born in Ormond. Room sorry, 116.
3: Sorry. <laughs> you know yeah. the room number? No. I, yeah, no, that he was, it was a joke, I think.
1: <laughs> I see, see, he's the funny guy in the podcast. Oh. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Anyways, continue. <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm gonna, I gotta try to keep this together. Yes. Get it more steered. Yes. Um... Anyway, so uh, I've been writing songs. I'm, I'm from here, the Daytona area at large. I kind of spent my childhood in DeLand and then moved over here for late, middle, and high school. Sure. And then I've uh, been here ever since. And, um, well, that's not true. I When I turned 20, literally like the day after I turned 20, I left and moved to Cleveland, Ohio for a year, which was miserable. We'll get into that later maybe. That was probably the darkest part of my life. And uh, it wasn't because I moved to Cleveland. But Cleveland is a good backdrop to have a full-on ex- uh, existential crisis. Um, and then I moved back after a year, spent a couple of years here again, and then I left and moved to Los Angeles. And um, I just re- kind of recently moved back here to Florida um, and put Pedal to the Metal, pursuing music more aggressively than I did before. I've been writing songs for, I'm um, 25, 12 years. And um, I uh, since I, I, my my birth name is not Dean. I kind of changed my name after I left high school and started putting out my solo material when I was 19. Um, And yeah, so I I put out four EPs. Yeah, four EPs and uh, now three full-length albums. And the the string of work I'm working on right now is I'm putting out a new single every month. Uh, Like we kind of mentioned at the top of the episode, the first one was, would you like to come in? And I've also put out Let Him Bleed and Sky Pink. The most recent was The Favor. Came out January 11. And um, I'm a multi-instrumentalist singer-songwriter. And, uh, you know, white dude that's kind of stuck up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, why
1: move? Why leave the area?
3: Well, uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I When I left and moved to Cleveland, I was trying to a lot of things. I wanted to leave Florida. Mm. Which I I think
1: everybody here wants to fucking leave.
3: Yeah, and maybe... (laughs) I think it's both right in some senses and wrong in others to want to do that. Uh, I I definitely developed a much deeper appreciation for the Daytona area specifically Mm. and Florida at large uh, when I was in Cleveland and when I came back especially. So I think that there's a lot of value to being here. But when I left and moved to Cleveland, it's because I wanted to live somewhere that wasn't Florida. I had some friends up there from when I grew up that I'm not really in contact with anymore. There's no bad blood. It's just, you know, time. And uh, so I moved up there to kind of hang out with them. And I knew that there was a bit of a music scene. And at the time, this was in like 2016, 2015 when we were planning it. um, I was really into like Elliot Smith. I was obsessed with him, tried to be him for a couple of years, like pretty literally um, kind of cop to that. Now you can hear it all over B, which is my first solo full length. Um, but yeah, so I was really obsessed with that. And then around here, it seemed like the only music that was really being made was like metalcore and various things like that. Like it was, you know, math rock and emo and post-hardcore and metalcore and things like that. And I just wasn't into it, I, like just wasn't into it. And I kind of tried to be, kind of tried to fake it and it doesn't work. Um, you can only be into what you're into and that's you know, it's fine if you're into what you're into. Um, so I I was just like weird kind of folky guy that also really liked shoegaze and had no place in the scene around here. And so even though I had some friends, it was really hard to like get more than 10 people to come out to a gig. So I left, I moved to Cleveland and, um, I did some house shows there. I played a couple of gigs around town. I mostly just drank and cut myself a lot. And, uh, towards the end of my living there, I got tired of being actively suicidal and then came back home. Basically, to dry out and try to figure out what I was gonna do with myself. Uh, Aries, the album I put out this past March, was, it, it took me four years to complete. I started writing it. Um, when I was in Cleveland,
1: dope album cover though. That mm-hmm. Album cover, is
3: oh yeah. fire. That was the that was actually the idea for the album cover, pretty much from the jump. It I was nice. It. Yeah, um, Alexis Joyner, my beautiful partner, she shot that. That was actually one of the first like dates we kind of went on. Very cool. When We that's first sweet. started hanging out it was uh, that's that it's a wall that's now painted dark gray, but it used to be white. It's down on Main Street behind like the Hot Leathers place. Mm. <laughs> sweet. So yeah, that's and I'm actually screaming. We actually turned a bunch of heads when we shot that album cover, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. So after Cleveland, years, you moved back here. Moved back here, uh, drank for a while, and then stopped drinking, and got back into the same bad relationship. I was kind of trying to escape when I moved to Cleveland, and then that finally ended. And uh, I wish her absolutely nothing but happiness and, and joy in life. And uh, so then I, you know, I, I moved to Los Angeles. And like a couple of months before I moved to LA, I met my girlfriend and we've been dating ever since. And it's like three years, over three years. Is she from Florida? Yeah. She's from the area. Okay. She lived here actually. Uh, She was going to DSC for a while when I moved to LA. So we did it long distance for two and a half years. That's
1: tough. I I respect the hell out of that. We made
3: a a very deliberate decision to um, try to see each other on average about once a month. And we pretty, pretty consistently met that, which I think is unique.
1: Hard. So, yeah. Do you move to LA to pursue music? Yes. Now, why, why, why come back and pursue it harder? Like, why not stay in LA? A
3: couple of reasons, and uh, there are probably a lot of people out uh, in the world who have totally valid counter opinions to this that I actually think about and take into consideration frequently, but. What I've realized now is that with my kind of music, with what I want to do with my kind of music, which is, you know, I want to own it. I want to have total control and say over what it is that I'm creating. I don't want to have to cater to public tastes. I don't want to have to cater to what a label thinks is important to get on the charts right now because it's going to sell. That's all well and good. This is a business, and I approach it that way, but I want the business to be selling what I feel like making. And so yeah. in Los Angeles, it's an incredibly competitive environment, obviously. But not only that, it's it's just kind of difficult to live. It's It's expensive. Like I did Los Angeles wrong, basically. I did not have enough money saved up when I moved there. I was too antsy to go and I should have maybe waited longer and then not had to work for the first six months to a year. If I'd done that, it would have been a different story because I wouldn't have had to get a day job immediately. Uh, but I was a busser at like a horrible, uh, unnamed sushi and uh, teppanyaki restaurant in Ormond beach that has bugs. Don't go there. I'm not going to say the name cause I'm nice. Um, so <laughs> I was, <laughs> wor- I was That's working so there. Dumb. I was working there and I was just some like, you know, underweight punker kid with colored hair and I didn't want to do that anymore. So I decided to go do it in Los Angeles. I ended up just doing a lot of weight, waiting tables and, you know, washing dishes and, I ended up getting in uh, shout out Jeff Williams and street promotions. That guy did me a huge solid. I consider him a very good friend, Jeff. I love you. Thank you. Um, he, he owns a company called street and it's a beautiful concept that I, even though I'm a musician and I've been playing shows for years by this point, I had no real grounding in like what it means to promote something. And Jeff does guerrilla marketing street promotions. That's what he does. He's like, over 20 years deep in it now. Dude's an OG. He's amazing. He's a great dude. So he was going into the coffee shop where I was working a lot and uh, one of my roommates at the time um, was like working up in the front, mentioned that my bass player, Chris and I, who both worked there, were musicians and Jeff was a regular. And so it turns out this guy lives like right down the hill from me in Chinatown. And so he would walk to this coffee shop where I was working, which was a walking distance from my apartment. And... He ended up finding out about me, asked if I wanted to come and do some, you know, pick up some work for him, passing out flyers outside concerts. And I um, said, yeah. And eventually I ended up leaving work at the restaurant to go just work with him more or less full time on kind of a flexible basis. And it was a really good thing. So I learned how to promote from him. And when I left Los Angeles to come back here, I think it was the right decision be- because I get to live for free with my parents. I don't have to worry about getting a job right now. Yes, that's a privileged position. And yes, I'm going to take full advantage of it because, because I have to, Uh, the thing that's keeping me alive, like I'm not kidding at all. And I'm not saying this to try to like get pity points, but like I actively tried to kill myself and that's a horrible position to be in. No one should do it. And if you find yourself there, what seems to me to be the only solution to that problem is to just find something that makes you care more than just care, find something that makes it feel like it's worth it to go through suffering and struggle because those are guaranteed, right? Like, this is a painful universe. This is a place where suffering exists. What we need is not the end of suffering. We need the justification of suffering. And Something that makes it worthwhile to go through the shit we're going to go through already. Choose the suffering, too. Thank you. you. don't. You don't get to pick not to sacrifice. Yeah. You get to pick what you sacrifice. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Atta boy. Fucking no, up. he's right here. He's right here with it. Um, <laughs> here, let's... We're drinking champagne, so we're clinking champagne. Pull that up.
1: Hold up. Hell yeah. Respect. Hell
3: yeah. Anyways. So that's why I moved back. So I can pursue the thing that keeps me on the planet harder without having to worry about getting a day job. I can put all of my money and all of my resources not into paying rent or bills, but into buying strings and gas for the van. Uh, I got to get a new engine for the van. Actually, I overheated (laughs) that shit the other day. It
4: sucks.
1: It's always um, something. Yeah, Yeah.
3: but I can book tours and I can play shows. I put together that showcase. You guys went to Friday night. Oh wow! Um, Hashtag songs through a prism. We're gonna try to turn it into a thing. It's a monthly event. Gonna try to do it out the rest of twenty twenty two.
1: Nice. I hope to meet many musicians there because it's
3: fucking dope. I think you will. (laughs) Nice.
1: I always lose my train of thought in this fucking show, and it's embarrassing.
3: Um,
1: so, oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, with the internet, it's so much more, it's easier to, to, to be able to promote yourself and, you know, put yourself on the, like, whatever and meet, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> you don't have to be in the big cities to become... Yeah, a star.
3: You don't even necessarily have to be on a label, though. I am looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. Is you know, I I have a lot of I I spent my stimulus. Maybe I should admit this on the air, but I spent my stimulus on audio equipment. Um,
2: <laughs> hey. yeah, yeah. that's you gotta an, do what you gotta do.
3: Yeah, you gotta do it's what you gotta job. do,
1: baby. What did I spend mine on, Rob? What did you spend yours on? Builds. I I spent some. Dumb I have a house. <laughs> Fuck! Sorry, I forgot you have a family. I'm I'm just living living free in the wind. Well,
3: okay. Let me let me see though. As far as like return on investment, you bought a roof. I bought a microphone. I actually think he might have won here.
1: Well, <laughs> you're you have bigger. I don't think you you've totally cashed your investment
3: yet. You're not wrong. Oh, me? Yes. <laughs> nice. You're not wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I'm you're getting a little
1: philosophical here, motherfuckers. Philosophically, given also a little bit of alcohol, he's fucking slurring. I'm motherfucking lightweight, my friend. I I don't drink alcohol. I'm I'm more into the. You know what I'm saying.
3: This conversation brought to you by Corbell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> how long are you in LA for?
3: Uh yeah, I don't I don't feel like doing the actual math. Call it two and a half years, give or take. Okay, all yeah. right. Um, do you?
1: Did you like it? Uh, oh.
3: I um, I began admitting to myself. That I did really like it. Uh, after I left, I was a bitter Southerner, admittedly. I, I, for better or for worse, I am from the South, and I fucking love it here. And I, I feel a certain like uh, affinity, maybe even fealty for, for this place. And so I kind of had a hard time in L.A. because I am aesthetically opposed, maybe. But I feel um, the same
1: exact way. But
3: I'm a biker, and I fucking love riding motorcycles and that was the only motor transportation I had out there like that's what I had in Los Angeles baby that's Honda funny. Shadow 750 they got it right so um, <laughs> yeah so I mean I went grocery shopping going to and from uh, gigs going to uh, you know I would put the, the gear in my we had a, a good friend of mine Anthony Guerra amazing guy shout out to him um, if you need your guitar repaired and you're in the LA area hit up Anthony Guerra he's a fucking tech and my god is he good at it um, he's also a pretty good side man so if you need a need a picker Hit him up. But, yeah, so we would load the equipment in his, like, little... I think it was a Ford. Or maybe it was a Nissan. I don't know. Uh, it's not a motorcycle, so I don't care. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we would load all the gear in there. And then, like, sometimes Chris, my bass player, would hop on the back of my motorcycle. <laughs> and then we would be... We would look like... Ah. Those motherfuckers. I know, man. So, like, he would hop on the back of my motorcycle. And we would fucking ride to the gig. And... Uh, but, yeah, no, that that's... That, that was... Something I really like to do in California because the weather is super, super good for it. I mean, hard to beat dry and sunny damn near every day. It's perfect.
1: What's your dream
3: motorcycle? My dream motorcycle? Yes. There are three. Lay them out. Okay. Um, My dream motorcycle is I want a a 2010 Honda Shadow 750 Phantom, uh, which is the bike I have.
1: So that's one of them. Dream accomplished.
3: That's one of them. That's one of them. And the reason is because that motorcycle is built like a motherfucking tank. Yes. Like I, there is so little maintenance it is, it is amazing. And so even though I really like to wrench, if i need a bike to be my like DD, something that I can rely on, something that I can say, go on a month long tour across the United States with nothing but a guitar a duffel bag a tent a motorcycle ask the to do it on that's so fucking cool
1: I want to do that amazing we can
3: talk more about that later if you like <laughs> absolutely I, um, and I, I have no time limit so I don't know if you guys do
1: I'm going it don't matter to me this is yeah. be a five Sick. hour podcast Sick. yeah okay, we can cut cool. it
3: because I, I don't want to be no I cuts no yeah. I mean like no cuts part one part, one,
2: part no, two fuck
1: you part three. Yeah, did you We're not hear here. did
3: you not hear my little <laughs> soliloquy I'm against cutting now
4: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ <laughs> he helps. Um <laughs> Hey, humor helps. So does Jesus. But um Yeah. Anyway. Oh, motorcycles. <laughs> okay. So the um yeah, you guys saw it. I have the big sissy bar on the back, so yeah. it's like yeah, it's I love that bike pretty sincerely. I want to keep it running as long as I can. So that's actually one of them. Not even joking. Like that's a well built motorcycle. It's a really good thing. The other two are far stupider. Um, <laughs> I want a like an Evo. Sportster, a Harley Davidson Sportster with an Evo engine. So, something built in the late 90s into the 2000s. And, like, I want to put a hardtail kit on it. Do you guys know what that is? Mm-hmm. Are you biker people? Yeah. My grandpa was. Okay. So do you know what that is? Explain for the audience. Okay. A hardtail, most motorcycles, modern motorcycles, uh, have what's called suspension, where the passenger and most of the weight of the engine and bike are supported by a series of either um, like pneumatic springs like in the front where uh, or like pneumatic pistons like the front forks of a motorcycle or springs in the rear, what are called shock absorbers. And hardtail is a bike that does not have suspension, at least not in the back. So you cut the frame, you take off the swing arm, which is the part that holds the rear tire that moves, and you take off the springs, you cut them off like with a fucking angle grinder. You cut those bitches off. Okay. And then you weld on a rigid rear section that connects the the um oh. yeah, yeah, so there's no rear suspension. That he pulled up a picture. It explains what a hardtail so is. Mean it's easier if you just look at it Google Harley Davidson hardtail chopper, you'll get exactly what I mean. Better yet, go watch the movie Easy Rider. Okay, It's a good fucking movie. It's not just some motorcycle flick. That is <laughs> that is a eulogy for the 60s and the hippie <laughs> attitude, and my God, is it a great movie. That's anyway, great. Um, so I want an Evo Sportster that I can put a hardtail on, and uh, and then I also want another bike. I want a like an old, old Kickstart Harley, either a shovel head, if I can get my hands on one, maybe even a pan head, so anybody who knows what those are, you know how fucking stupid I am. Um but, yeah, I want an old Kickstart Harley that does not require a battery. Hell, yeah. yeah. And then I'll probably chop it up and put a Springer on the front of big-ass king and queen seat and a hardtail because I'm a moron, but, God, does it look good? It does. <laughs> this guy gets it. Rob? Cool. Yeah. Birds of a feather, you and I. Yes. My grandpa so, had a
2: 1971 Triumph Bonneville. So. It's at my parents' house. He built it in um, my mom's childhood home kitchen. Because in the, the kitchen? At the time, the garage um, <clears throat> was more like a—it was a carport instead of a no, garage. No, that's biker
1: shit. In the where they making the spaghetti at?
2: Around the fucking motorcycle and all its parts. He's goddamn right. That's ridiculous. I used to love listening to my grandpa talk about that shit. 1971 Triumph Bonneville. In on the kitchen, kick, that's
1: it, not sanitary. Angel would not have that. Bored no, out. Those angels oh. would.
4: <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. True.
1: <laughs> so, tell me about you camping out with your bike and 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 and. Across the country. Do you, have favorite, okay. do you have favorite spots you stopped
3: at? I do. Okay, kind tell, of. Tell me about um, that. So, in the year of our Lord, 2021, um, yes. I did a really fun but super dumb thing. Uh, as, and as we all have done. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think everybody's done this. That's okay. the nice part. Okay. I get full hipster cred because nobody else has really done something quite like this. I just bet
1: people do stupid things all the time. Sorry, Fair
3: man. enough. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I like bragging. Okay, (laughs) bragging, So, Anyway, um, I half booked a tour. I I didn't even book the whole thing. A lot of the shows I picked up on the road were like a couple days before, sometimes day of, sometimes literally an hour or more before or hour less before the show, and I would just go and play for Tips Places. That's cool. No. No? no? That part part (laughs) sucked. That part sucked. I relied so much on just the kindness of unknown other Americans and that can be very dangerous, but it went fairly well for me. Um, it showed me something that was really nice, which is that this country, this country is not dead. This country is not without hope because the vast majority of people that live here in my lived experience are pretty damn solid. Um, they're nice. They're considerate. They will reach out and help a totally unknown stranger and, uh, they will cross that totally understandably difficult barrier solely out of the goodness of their hearts, which is that is really worth taking note of and, and, Trying to remind, I want to insert that back into the public consciousness of this country because we deserve to remember that people can and often are good. So, this uh, tour I did, uh, I thought I was going to be leaving from Los Angeles, and so I booked a show in Vegas to start the tour. I ended up between booking that show and leaving Los, well, and when I left to go play the show, I ended up moving back to Florida, semi so, unexpectedly for reasons we don't even really need to get into. Short version. I moved back to Florida ahead of schedule. And uh, so then I left here and I realized when I was getting soaked about two hours into the trip uh, in Jacksonville, getting positively fucking stormed on, that I left my rain gear uh, rolled up very nice and neatly on the floor of the garage right next to where my motorcycle was. And when I loaded everything up, I just forgot that. So I did the whole month without rain gear. That was fucking stupid. But God, was it fun? I still have the t-shirt. Um... I wore a white t-shirt pretty much any day I was riding on the bike. Uh-huh. And that shit was nearly black by the time I got.
5: Holy shit. So
3: yeah. So I, I left Florida and I rode my motorcycle back out to, uh, to Las Vegas. Um, shout out to Les and Carmen from Las Vegas. Uh, Les used to be the drummer for an eighties band called the cult. Okay. And uh, I met him because his beautiful partner, Carmen, um, I think manages, maybe even owns and books definitely books at a small bar in Vegas that I played at. And so there were only like six or seven people that were actually paying attention to me play, but I made like 250 bucks playing in Vegas that night because they were so into what I was doing and so friendly. So I love you guys. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you again here this spring. I'm booking another tour, uh, this time in a car with my partner, Alexis, uh, the two of us That's are going to so hit the road cool. for a That long. seems a
1: lot more comfortable than a motorcycle. We
3: may even be able to do it in my van. If I'm able to get a new, uh, we, we built a bed, and did a little, like, short week-long thing back in October. Uh, so if, if I'm able to get a new engine in the van for a reasonable amount of money, we'll be able to do that and crash in the van, which is even better. So, but yeah. So then I just went all around the country. Las Vegas, um, one of the one of my favorite places is a spot called uh, Enoch's Coffee and Wine Bar in Jefferson, Texas. That was the first, like, tips gig I picked up. It's actually the first thing I played because I felt like doing it and I needed some money. So I called literally, like, an hour before, and, uh, I just, I pulled off I-20 and went north 20 minutes and, uh, ended up in Jefferson, Texas. So guys and gals at Enox, thank you so much. That was one of my favorite places. Cause I played there. I made like 60 bucks and played for like 30 minutes, right. As they were closing. And there were four people there who kicked me some money. And uh, then the next day I came back and played for like an hour in the middle of the day on a Saturday. And that was cool. So then I, you know, proceeded to keep working my way, uh, westward Vegas came back through to Flagstaff to Taos, New Mexico. That was a great show. Uh, shout out to all the hippies on LSD. That was a, that's not the name of a band. That is the description of the audience. It was a beautiful (laughs) night. Uh, I, I think I was the last person to play aside from like a DJ, but everybody was wrecked at that point. And like, uh, I, I got rained on, like it was an outside thing and it was super cool. And it rained in the desert, dude. I'm like out there playing my like last two songs. I'm like, uh, like totally into it, and there's just rain pouring down. I'm getting wet, and there's hippies like dancing everywhere, getting wet, and like um, I managed to keep it going. The sound guy was running around putting garbage bags over the speakers and shit. And, he, <laughs> and, and when I looked at him, when I looked at him, and kind of like t- uh, telepathed at him, I'm like, <laughs> "Stop!" And he's like, "No." And so, so I just kept playing, and uh, I played the last two songs like completely in the fucking pouring rain. And then I was sleeping in a tent that time. Uh, Karen, you beautiful soul. Um, I got some friends up at the the Lama Foundation, which is this uh, intentional community, kind of a spiritual community up there. A good friend of mine named Loon and their partner, Aiden, Eden, uh, they were living at the Lama Foundation and a friend of theirs right down the mountain from the Lama Foundation uh, let me camp, on a, set up my tent on a yurt pad in her backyard. And so I would spend the night, I, I think I was there three or four nights, and I would just hang out lay out I, I left my phone down in her house like a like a quarter mile down the mountain from the yurt pad so i leave my phone charging overnight in her house and I walk up to this yurt pad and i would sit there and i'm kind of like get really fucking stoned and pick my guitar and look at the stars in new mexico it was amazing
1: Ugh, that's that's a dream it's right so there. good this is a movie <laughs> that's fucking so dope good. It's called Easy Rider. Uh,
3: it's May nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, Easy Rider, but with guitars. It's my life. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a beautiful time. And then I went from there through like Colorado. I had a great time in Colorado. Uh, shout out my friend Derek. He got me a hotel room. My mom bought me a hotel room in Vegas. So I only ended up sleeping in my tent maybe four total nights on the road because oh. because people friends, strangers, and then sometimes a little less than half the times I stayed in a hotel I did out of my own pocket, but um, like Mary Beth Ledford, a uh, cousin of my partner, who is a big supporter of my music, Mary Beth with shit, um, she's one of the coolest people I've ever met, and she bought me a hotel room, I do not remember where, but she bought me a hotel room for a couple of nights, which is really sweet, and, um, and just other, some folks like uh, the Lions, Mr. and Mrs. Lions in Memphis, uh, they let me sleep in their recliner, overnight and wow. i met them you gotta write a fucking show. book or something this is yeah really I, i'm doing research for it right okay. now all right, okay, all right. please give me 10 years yes
1: this is such i'm so i knew i was fucking right when we, when we wanted him on i was right rob okay i was the yes, one i said own it. i said i said that guy he's got a cool story he's got to come on my podcast <laughs> it's mine
2: fuck you rob don't care what fuck you say you, <laughs>
1: Wait, were you averse to me? Coming no, up? No, I was no, about no. to say. He was the one that said. Come
5: on. He was
1: the one that said, D should come on. I said, absolutely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> absolutely. So it's the exact opposite of the situation. You yep. just, okay. I just so like, please. Okay. Oh, yeah, cool. please
2: just start writing the shit down so you don't forget a detail. All these names and places. Write that shit down.
3: I have a vlog series that I did. Oh my God. Yeah, there's a vlog series. I, I kind of half-assed vlogged the entire motorcycle tour. It's available on my YouTube channel. I Dean think Batten. I, you know what?
1: Now that you said that, I knew that because I looked up on your YouTube and, and, yeah.
3: Nice. Yeah. This man comes prepared. I do and then little, he gets drunk and forgets how
1: prepared he is. But. I do a little research. <laughs> um, so, to pivot a little bit, I want to talk about your writing process and how do you get songs out of that pretty little head of yours?
3: I have no fucking idea. <laughs> really? I'll be completely honest with you. I have no idea.
1: Do you do the music first, doing
3: lyrics first? Yes. Okay. Honestly, it changes from song to song. I... I have some songs. I'm lucky. I guess I'm one of the people that that gets to do this. Um, Because I'll sit down. Good example is the song Killing You. It's a song off an album I I put out a few years ago. Excuse me. Called Nausea. I wrote it in 15 minutes. Wow. I wrote it. The whole fucking thing. I, I remember exactly where I was. And probably even when. I might even be able to give you a date. I think it was December 27th. No. It would have been December 26th. Yeah, day after Christmas. December 26th and probably 2016. Yeah, because I was living <sighs> in Cleveland. And I what came. a year. I was living in Cleveland, and wow. a bunch of the folks, the friends from up there, uh, wanted to come down and see family because yep. they're all from here, uh, all except for one. Uh, they wanted to come down and you know just see Florida for the first time. So a bunch of us piled in my friend Dominic's like Buick, and then we just rode down together. And so I was in the bedroom my dad's house that used to be the guest room, but he had moved my things into it. And, uh, so I was sitting on the edge of my bed there and, uh, I had my guitar out. I put it on capo three and I just played this song and i had never heard it before. And it was called killing you. And I wrote it down and 15 minutes later I had it completely finished. And that ended up on the record. And, um, and so that's a good example. Sometimes that happens. Where I'll just sit down with a guitar and then fucking a handful of minutes later, a completely formed song will pop out. And other times it takes me six or more months to write a song. Like Psilocybin, a song off, uh, that that took like over a year. I actually, I was still revising that four years later when we've committed to the version that's on the record. But I started writing that under a completely different title in Cleveland in like fall of 2016. Now, I didn't finish it until the end of 20. This is going to be
1: a little existential maybe.
3: Do you think Go maybe ahead. you're tuning into some creative wavelength
1: and that gives you the song? I don't know.
3: No, actually <laughs> actually I'm I'm the I always feel really arrogant when i say that not to take away what you read no no like please i'm not trying that's to that's the only that. way i can explain it <laughs> you know I, I just feel like an arrogant like prick anytime i say that i feel like a total narcissist saying like yeah you know like i mean it doesn't help that i'm wearing a headband that's actually a prayer flag from the Lama foundation it's covered his loom. third eye well but it says ram this is one of the hindu names for god and okay. so people see this and if they know what it means, sometimes they take it as a name tag and I'm like, no, that's not a name tag. I don't think it's a name tag. It's a reminder that, you know, I need to remember the highest thing. And, um, and so I don't know. I think it's a, it's a songs. Maybe for me show up as a collaborative effort, collaborative effort between my tastes and personality and skill set as a creator. And that, Ineffable other thing that's been stabbed at by every religion, psychedelic trip, and philosophy on earth. I don't know. I I it's kind of corny, but I call myself a mystic sometimes. Sure, because I feel like it's the only way to really describe the way I approach reality, and um, and I mean that with all humility. Like it's it's not. I don't take it as a badge of office. It's it's a, it's a, an accident, but it's the only thing I've come across that remotely explains the way I relate to existence. Have you ever done DMT? No, but I've done a lot of psilocybin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, um, I, okay. Have you? No, I want to so bad. Fucking same. I see. I thought I was about to get Rogan. No, and you were about. The next question was going to be, "Do you want to?"
5: So yeah, I no, I was
3: about some. to be like, you know, I got fifteen minutes. Let's fucking go. Like,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking I'm pause gonna, the
3: recording. I'm we'll come back after this. Alone. Day, Anyway, no, I have done a lot of psilocybin, though. I think the largest dose I've done. In a state where it was legal and a time in which it was legal in that state. <laughs> um, seven and a half grams, I think, is my total dosage. I want to go above 10. God damn. What? That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? But I rode I've a never- motorcycle cross-country alone. It's not like I care. Like, <laughs> I'm
1: just saying for your own experiences, that's like... You must have met God. You must have, what did you say that that, that, that symbol was on your head? Rom. You must have met Rom.
3: <laughs> you know, the funny part is the seven and a half gram trip was one of the most fucking boring, like, Whoa. psilocybin trips I've done so far. And that's why, that's why I want to do higher than that because, like, time to meet the machine elves. Well, well. well. <laughs> so the thing about that trip, it was probably the most visually active until it turned off. Which is why I say it was the most boring trip, because it's like I... Sometimes when people describe ego death, they describe it with all of this, like, pomp and color and flash and all of this, and I'm like... "What? I just disappeared. The void. In a sense, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. Like, I just... It... Like... It's, do you want a story? This is Absolutely. A fun. One. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've been kind of wanting to say this yeah. on a podcast, so I guess yeah. Gastral traveling. <laughs> Talking about yeah, yeah, we're getting yeah, the, yeah. the gastrol. Yeah, take the G off. Now we're in the astral realm. Um anyway. So, I uh I was in an unnamed undisclosed place that cannot incriminate me and yes. I I was sleeping on a cot when I lived in this area. Um for an undisclosed amount of time so and an, an undisclosed period of my life so you don't know when. <laughs> anyway, um, I just flipped off the camera, sorry. Also, I'm sorry, Mom, I, I I am this profane, but I, I do love you. Sorry, and, Mom. um, Yeah, sorry, Mom. Listen to me,
1: it was a shock to my mom's system to fucking, no, it wasn't, let's not lie. <laughs> she, she knows how I am. Anyway. Um, go on, please.
3: Anyway, so Ooh. I, uh, yeah, I took a bunch of fucking mushrooms <laughs> and I went late on my cot in my room because I was living on a I was sleeping on a cot because I'm at the time I was in a really bad place, Morty. And um, <laughs> so yeah. I, I took a bunch of mushrooms and um, it took, uh, you know, average about like 20 or 30 minutes. My mom actually called me when I was coming up, and so I was still pretty much like sober. And so I talked to her, I was just like, hey, I'm kind of tired, I'm gonna go to bed and hung up. And then, and then Things began to change, and uh, I, so I, I was like fully clothed, like listening to the slow dive album, Suvlaki, like on my headphones, like under, like in my sleeping bag with a blanket over it, fully clothed, like shivering, even though. It was Hold on, one second. Warm. we gotta yeah. take
1: care of the dog. I'm yeah, so sure. Because that fucking it, it's Understood. so hard to take out of the audio.
3: No, I, I totally got it. Everything cool. Like, what is everything cool, bro? This is why we do the
1: podcast. This is fucking amazing. Oh, same. you're doing doing great. I okay. love it. You.
3: No, I fi- I figured I was doing okay. I meant like situationally. Is everything cool? Yeah, it's just a
1: dog. Okay, so just a fucking dog. Okay, sure.
3: But um should I keep going? Oh for Rob. Okay. Are we gonna trim this? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll trim this. This is
1: this is I think I think he wanted us to wait.
3: I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. We'll trim it. Should I keep going or should we just wait? Cause we, can, I'm, I'm easy. Fuck it, let's keep
1: going. Okay, I'm so sorry for interrupting. Don't
3: worry about it. I, I have a weirdly good memory. So, um, anyway, I was laying in my bed. Uh, when I smoke a lot of weed or when I take psychedelics, I think, when I take psychedelics, the only one I've ever done is fucking psilocybin. Sure, I've done a lot of it, but it's the only one I've ever done. So, when I do mushrooms, I, I get sometimes get kind of cold, and so you know I'm sitting there hanging out listening to Vlachy, and you know I feel the color of the music in my skin, and um. So then I get up, and it's a pretty low grade trip. Like it's not happening. Like nothing is. I'm just kind of here. It just feels a little funny. And then I get up, and I have to piss. And I walk into the bathroom, and I try to piss, and just nothing happens. And so then I, you know, kind of I put my penis away, and I zip my pants. <laughs> okay. On. And then I, <laughs> I walk past the mirror, and I kind of make eye contact with myself. I'm like, okay, that's a little funny. And then I walk through. I okay. Quick disclaimer, I have depersonalization disorder. I'm di- diagnosed with it. It's okay. the third most common mental illness behind uh, depression and anxiety, but no one fucking, like, knows a whole lot about it. What is it? Hard to describe. Okay. Uh, basically, it means that I have... The only way I can frame it in language is, mm-hmm. like, I've got a fragmented sense of self. My I have a disidentification with my actual being. Like, okay. All right, okay. Yeah, so, like... My face. Anytime I look in the mirror, it don't look like my face. Um, it's really, honestly, it's really hard to, to explain. Okay, you, yes. Case in point, one of the things that I know I have DPD by is my relationship to my own face and body. And so, it's not quite like body dysmorphia. It's more like when you look in the mirror, it looks like a stranger. It looks like somebody that's not you. Okay. Uh, or like when you look, when I look down at my body, like I have to remind myself constantly that is actually my set of hands. Um, like all the time, sometimes it's really bad. Sometimes it's not bad at all. It depends on the day and the moment. Um, mostly if I think about it too much, it can, it can get weird. Sure. Uh, Or if I get too stoned, if I smoke too much pot, it'll fuck me up hard. But, um, which I've only ever done in States where it was legal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, so I look in the mirror and I'm on mushrooms and it's weird Uh and it's weird. Uh, It's not that weird, but it's weirder than usual, and that's weird. So I go and I lay back down on my cot, and I kind of, I don't remember if I started listening to Suvlaki or not. I mean, this was like 2016, so I don't remember. But, um, anyway. Yeah, so, then, hanging out for a while, feeling the body change, sensational change that comes with mushrooms. They're coming on. They're definitely coming on. And so I, uh, I feel the urge to pee again. And then I go back and it happens again. I like stand there, you know, cock out and then I try to piss and nothing happens. And so I put myself away and then I go and I look in the mirror for a minute and then I go back in my bedroom.
1: But you still have the urge to go.
3: It, it, it would it would come up and then I would go and try and would, nothing would happen and it would leave. And then I would go back. And so I did this loop, like progressively getting weirder every time I walked in, every time I looked at myself in the mirror. Actually one time, I mean, I must have done this like, fucking 10 times. I don't know. Really? Oh, it was a weird loop, man. Like it was a really weird loop. It felt like I kept having a piss and I would go and I would try and nothing would happen. And so I was getting a little bit agitated. Yeah. And um, I would do it. Yeah. And so I actually think one time like uh, the non-penis having resident of this house um, was looking in the mirror, like doing something there's themselves in the bathroom and like I walked in on them briefly and I was like, oh I'm sorry. And then I just like closed the door. Like <laughs> closed the door and ran into my bedroom because I was like mortified and yeah. just walked in on them. And um but then I went again and they weren't there. And so I was free. And I um so I went I like actually I went like fully like I, I have a thing where I, I, I end up getting naked on mushrooms a lot. And so I kind of like I think I got either either completely naked That's happened. But I I either get um completely naked or, like, mostly naked. I don't remember if I had my shirt on or sure. not, but I remember I was I was free below the waist. And so, I... Um, anyway... So, did I, you ever like, pee? What happened? Well, here it is. Okay. Here, here it is. We are now at one of the climaxes. So, I, I, I drop trowel completely. I remove my shoes. I sit down on this glorious white throne. Yes. And it happens. I finally get a piss and it's the best feeling because i've been trying for like 10 cycles of this fucking no pee loop and and then um it happens what happens so i'm sitting on the toilet i'm peeing and um you know like paisley pattern yeah that but red and everywhere out of your dick? No. No 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 it wasn't like that. It was not alarming. It was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. So like Oh I forgot <laughs> you were on drugs at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, I am on a shit ton of <laughs> mushrooms. You gotta remember, I'm on like seven and a half grams of mushrooms at this point. Oh okay. Which I, was I know very for some con- people I was concerned. Which I know for some people probably isn't a lot of mushrooms, but those people almost exclusively include uh, kalindi ee god rest his soul but um
1: i had three sips of this fucking champagne i'm fucking okay I, yeah you're, you're yeah. amongst friends right now
3: yeah we're we're good so um oh, yes but the internet is listening and the is almost <laughs> consistently an enemy fuck, uh, <laughs> fuck <I'm-> anyway um <laughs> anyway so um jesus yeah so i it starts on my like legs i'm like looking at my bare, white, somewhat hairy thighs. And like this paisley pattern starts kind of pulsing with my with my heart rate. Like it kind of like out over my legs. It would dissipate. And then it would happen again. And then it started to spread. It would go all the way down my legs to my feet. And then it went all over my body. I could look at my hands and it would be there, pulsing outward kind of from my like crotch, I guess. All the way out my legs up my torso and out my arms, like, you know, this red pulsing paisley pattern that just spread over my whole body. And then it began to spread to the world around me, the physical objects, you know, like the toilet, the piss on the toilet, the bottom of the toilet underneath the piss. It was layered like the walls, the window, the trees outside the window, the snow, uh, the shower curtain, fucking everything, you know, it slowly pulls out over that, and I could tell it was getting slightly more dense, so I realized, ah, time to flush, and so I flush the toilet, and I pull my fucking pants up, and I grab my shoes, and then I walk out the door probably quite clumsily, um, praying to God that I don't have to interact with a human being because if that happened right then, I probably would have melted, I don't know, so like, I, my bedroom door was right next to the bathroom door, so it was like, boop, boop, right in, into my bedroom, back into that blissful darkness, and the red paisley pattern is the only thing I can really see because my room is dark as shit, Cause I'm an emo asshole, and I don't like turning lights on, and so I crawl back. Uh, I get my pants back on, like zipped and buckled, and I oh, that's right, I had a I had a hoodie on, no, a sweatshirt, like a pullover sweatshirt. It was black, and it had gold letters on. it. I think it said, "I don't need reality. I have drugs." Um, I was wearing that <laughs> sweatshirt. I just remember that. That's such a fun detail. And so, like, I crawl back into bed, and um, well, into cot, and uh, I pull the blankets up over me, and the red paisley pattern is getting denser and denser and denser until it's opaque and that I can't see anything and it's not red anymore. It is black and it's not frightening. It's not scary. And it's also not with time. Like I'm not breathing. I'm not counting seconds. My body is not there. I'm not there, but I'm there. I'm not present in any meaningful kind of, uh, identity way. But, but I'm there. There is is isness that I am with or am. And so that's, that's why I say it's boring because there was nothing. And it wasn't even like a frightening kind of abyss type void. It was just, there wasn't, there just wasn't period. Do you feel like you've learned from that experience? I learned more from watching my grandmother die. Damn, that's fucking harsh. That's, yeah. No, no, I don't mean that in a harsh way at all. Like, You talked about this on stage, didn't you? I did, yeah. I did. Actually, I can play that song for you guys tonight. Maybe this would be, a, I'll tell the story now of watching that. Uh, it, this will be a cool compare and contrast. And then after this, we can cut in. The song of me playing or me playing that song. absolutely I'll play that one for you guys tonight. Beautiful. It's I, I want to say that I just sent that song off to get mastered, and it will be the next single out. This is really good timing. That will Fuck probably. That's a good segue. It'll, it'll probably. It'll <laughs> it'll, we
1: can release this around that time too. If you, um,
3: you want to do that, I want to say February 11th, and I know that's only like that's a little over three weeks away. I got to get my shit together, but
1: yeah, we
2: may be able to swing that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, we could do that.
2: Yeah, we could do I that. I kind of want to release
1: this next week. because
2: it's I amazing. do, but if you want to release it in tandem, we could.
3: Yes. I'm I'm easy. Um, if you guys want to release it after, that's also fine. Okay. Um, because the song will be out, and the yeah. people can compare the live version and the story to the recorded version, which would be a good promotional thing for me. Yeah. So honestly, I'm really fucking easy. We'll work this out another time when it's not okay. on air. Perfect. Um. Anyway, so should I... Okay, so I, yes. I'm tripping balls, but there's nothing happening. Uh, yeah. There isn't... There just isn't. There's not. And so, like, I, at some point, uh, it felt like I was waking up, but I wasn't asleep after, the afterward, where I'm back in my body and all of this. So it kind of just felt like I woke up and there was, you know, reality and thoughts continuing in a linear fashion and a heart rate and breathing and skin and all that. And, you know, I caught... And, and my suicidal thoughts, you know, just everything was right back to where it was beforehand. Sure. I don't remember. I don't know how much fucking time passed, but, uh, I remember as often comes with the afterglow of a mushroom trip that oh, I just felt really good. Just felt really good. It's just, it's, it's not like high. It's not like dopamine rush, sugar rush on drugs. Like Yeah. yeah, it feels really good. It's not like that at all. It's, it's more just like, Oh God, everything's really nice. You know, it's content. Uh, it's like better than post not clarity. Like it's, it's, it's the most <laughs> That's comfortable. Saying, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's Rob. completely different. It's, it's that without the emptiness it comes. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's like that, but you've also been on two weeks of semen retention and you feel really strong. So it's, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a really cool feeling sure. where everything's really just like, kind of got this little gold glow around. it. It's just, mm, it's just nice. And, I, you know, put my shoes on and I walk downstairs and my roommates and their shitty stoner friends, no offense, y'all, uh, we don't talk anymore. So I don't harbor any negative, like, feelings toward you, but just Jesus Christ, it was a weird scene. It's a weird scene. I don't like cocaine. Anyway, um, so, so I walk back downstairs and just, you know, the usual crowd of motherfuckers is hanging out on the, you know, in the little living room down underneath it was right underneath my bedroom. So I walked down the stairs and then to that room and they're just hanging out on the couches watching. What about Bob? The Bill Murray movie. Okay. And I proceeded to kick back on one of the couches and watch what about Bob? And I was so happy. The war, everything was right in the world. Sweet. Everything was right. Okay, it was sweet. so nice. Like I, it was just the most like loved and at peace. Just good and yeah so that happened and then you know just the next morning I woke up and went to work and a couple weeks later or actually about a month later I ended up falling things fell apart with the girl I was. I thought I was seeing apparently I uh, I was just having sex with her instead of seeing her I I, see, I thought we were seeing each other I was wrong
1: she was seeing some other people too but she
3: fucked me over hard and, fuck her uh, Fuck these bitches, dog. Oh, I I did, but I wanted to do more. I wanted to have a relationship with her. I couldn't. (sighs) Didn't get to. So she broke it off, and that triggered the thin... That was, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, and my camel happened to be my my personality and emotional crises that had been a long time coming, and it was a very fucking fragile camel to begin with. So that that shattered, and then I ended up falling into a long, about a month-long period of despair where, to summarize, I would... Not eat enough, which I never did at that point in my life. And I spent the month of February at the beginning of 2017 drinking sake until I couldn't stand up uh, in the bathtub on the second story of this house, uh, cutting myself and listening to Stone Temple Pilots' first record.
1: I just have one question. Shoot. Why sake? I
3: was 20. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I could, I, that's what I could get and it tasted like gasoline. So. I yeah. know, it's just an interesting choice. Well, well, also, like, sake is kind of good warm. Yeah. yeah. And so I was drinking it in the bathtub. I would just put the bottle in the that's bathtub so with me. That's fucking smart. It's also lazy, but I guess that's actually a pretty interesting nexus, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Laziness wow. and intelligence equals efficiency, I guess. <laughs> Um, So yeah, but that, so it's not. here's the thing about psychedelics that I don't think anybody wants to address. They are not a cure all. No, they're important. I think that they should be legal. Obviously I do them. So they should be legal. Um, maybe even culturally promoted by people like musicians. I feel like that's the correct social office to, to promote them from. Um, but they, they can help. They can help it. It did something for me. It didn't do nothing for me because I've done a number of mushroom trips and each one of them has been edifying and and constructive in its own way. I don't think I've ever had a trip that felt like a waste of time. Not a single fucking one, including the one where nothing happened. So like, yeah, I'm obviously for psychedelics, but the thing about my grandma, cut forward several years, I've moved, no, I'm still in Los Angeles. I'm in in (laughs) Los Angeles at this point. When I was doing the mushrooms, it was not in California a couple years before. You know what? You know what? It was in Cleveland. I'll fucking cop to it. Don't arrest me. This is performance art. It's fiction, right? For the sake of my lawyer, we're it's tell- fiction. We're just, we're just telling stories
1: here. We're Nobody just telling can pr- stories. Can prove this, nothing. Yeah,
3: performance art. So yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was in Cleveland, Ohio in yeah. 2016. Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, cut forward several years. I'm living in Los Angeles. Um, my grandmother my granddad passed away when I was 15, and then she was alone after that. She never remarried. She married the only man she had ever kissed. Wow. That's right. It's fucking cool. That's it. Thank you. That is the correct response. I think it's fucking cool, too. Yeah. I do. And like, I've had sex with way more than one person, but I honestly, there's a, a legitimate, and beautiful romance. That idea, isn't there? Yeah, I respect uh, like, that. Like,
1: yes. Um, Highly.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I've only had sex with like, I don't know, like two people. Who would have me? But <laughs> anyway, um, so. That was a bad attempt at a self-deprecating joke. I was
1: going to say, get a little more of this champagne, and maybe we, maybe we could talk, my friend.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. If we drink God. champagne, <laughs> we clinch champagne. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alexis. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, anyways, continue. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, her health, my mom was her caregiver, primary mm. caregiver. She moved from my grandmother moved from North Carolina where she and my granddad lived until he passed. She, they sold the house and she moved down here to an apartment on the beach, like right up the block on the beach, right up the block from where my, uh, my mom lives. And, um, so my mom was her primary caregiver for like seven and a half years. I mean, really like devoted, beautiful mother daughter relationship. And I really respect my mother for how she showed up and, and bore the weight of that and how she handled it. It was a beautiful thing, even though it was incredibly hard and took a lot out of her, um, so I'm living in LA and I think it's 2019, it's pre COVID and, um, I get a fucking, I wake up, it's three hours later than it is here or it's three hours earlier. So like, you know, noon here is 9am there and, um, I gotta, I wake up in the afternoon because I'm a musician. (laughs) So I wake up in the afternoon and I kind of take my phone off airplane mode and I realize, oh shit, there's a text and multiple missed calls and a voicemail from my mother. (laughs) Oh God, something hit the fan and it was brown and stinky. And, um, and so, yeah, like I get the phone call from my mom. i listen to the voicemail. She's like, Hey, Gammy is in hospice. Things are not well, just letting you know. And, um, so I call her back fucking immediately. You know, I don't even have pants on yet. I, I sat upright, looked at the shit, listened to the voicemail, called her. It's been less than 10 minutes. I just woke up. And she's like, yeah, so Gammy's in the hospice center. Center. We were developing a relationship with her in the place so that she would be comfortable when the time inevitably came. Uh, but we were planning to just leave her here over the weekend while your stepdad and I went out on a trip so they could take care of her, develop a little bit of a relationship, develop some trust. You know, They could take care of her for a weekend, make sure she was okay, You know, fed, bathed, all that. And then... And then she would go back home once we got back into town and I could resume care. Mm-hmm. They dropped her off in the morning and by the late afternoon, they got a call back from the hospice, hospice center saying it's happening.
1: Whoa, that's yeah. fucking, oh, fucking
3: yeah. whiplash, bro. It's hard. And so Jeez. so my, my literal saint of a mother um, proceeds to call her two sisters, one of whom lives in Georgia, the other of whom lives in Maryland, uh, and me. And I get on a fucking plane. My roommate, Nikki, God bless her soul too, because she showed up when I needed her to. Uh, Nikki, you're the shit. Thank you for all the support and love over the years I lived in Los Angeles. And I truly hope that your life is going well. Um, and anyway, she drives me to the airport like last minute. She's like a couple hours before she goes to work. She decides to take me from Chinatown to LAX and drive me off at the airport. It's amazing. A huge thing. And I um so I go. I you know, I called Jeff and I'm like, Yo, dude, I can't come and do posters this week. Grandma's dying and he's like, I get it, cool. So I go and get on the plane and I make it there. Um I I don't know how I did it, but I got from I got two less I got to LAX, picked up a flight for less than two hundred dollars and was in Florida inside of six hours
1: jesus
3: wow. i'd been awake that's less so than seven hours and i landed in florida bro i don't know how the fuck it happened that's God, insane. some some things have happened to me where the only way i can describe it is god opened up a channel and said run and that's yeah. one of them that's and th- yeah awesome. so so i get there um i actually i i i beat one of the sisters i beat one of my aunts to it like she was coming down from Maryland granted, but I came from California. I don't know how the fuck I got there so fast. I just did. And, um, so Alexis picks me up at the airport. She, obviously she's stoked to have me in town unexpectedly. That's always a blessing. And, uh, so she picks me up, takes me to the hospice center, hangs out for a while. And then she takes me to my dad's house. I pick up one of the motorcycles that he had that he let me borrow was my vehicle when I was in town. Cause you're goddamn right. I'm going to ride a motorcycle. Hell yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so I come roaring back around the corner <laughs> Um, on this fucking shadow saber that's got flames on it. Like, so I come roaring back around the corner with a, with a bag of fucking uh, steak and shake tucked in my leather jacket for the family. And, And so, you know, grandma's grandma's there. She's not responsive. She's breathing very difficultly, but she is waiting. It's obvious that she's waiting for Irene. And so, and Irene. So, Aunt Angie's there. My mom is the middle of three. Aunt Angie was there. Mom was obviously there. Um, Angie's husband, Mike, and my stepdad, they were both there. And uh, Gammy was very, very clearly just waiting for her eldest, uh, Aunt Irene, to arrive. And so I got there. I was the only member of my generation in the family to be present. I was the only one that was able to make it. My cousin Solomon uh, tried very concertedly. He got there the next day. And that was the best that he could do. And I... I, I, I wish for his sake that he'd been able to be here because this is one of one of the most beautiful moments of my entire life. And I'm not saying that because I don't miss my grandmother. I'm not saying that because watching somebody die is a pleasant event. It's, it is not. But it is, however, uh, clarifying, or at least it was for me. My mother's family, I'm not exactly a Christian in the traditional sense. I'm some weird amalgam of a lot of things. I'm not big into constructed religious formats, I think mostly they conceal from the truth. That said, every religious tradition has its mystics, and the mystics are usually where it's at. Like, I don't care if you're talking about Siddhartha Katama, Ram Dass, the guy I have the tattoo of, uh, the the tattoo from Be Your Now is a book he wrote. It's a huge part of what brought the varieties of Eastern philosophy and mysticism and spirituality to the West in the 60s. We'll get into him another time, maybe. We'll do another podcast where I come in and talk about Ram Dass. Absolutely. Um, so the mystics are usually where it's at, uh, and Christianity is not without its mystics. Meister Eckhart being probably my favorite, but definitely not the only one. And so I can identify to a certain extent with a Christian tradition and my mother's family is very dye in the wool, sort of Protestant broadly, uh, Baptist-ish more specifically. They were raised in a kind of very cool-ish version of Southern Baptist. My grandfather, Paul Rogers Bobbitt Jr., um, an amazing man, an amazing person. Actually, my birth name is Paul. I'm named after him. And uh, I changed my name to Dean just because I like it better. It, sounds, it fits me better. Paul never felt right. It always felt kind of foreign. But um,
1: Side tangent, side question. Shoot. Where do you get Dean from? Couldn't tell you. Big Dean Martin fan?
3: No. <laughs> Actually, not at all, really. I, I'm not a big fan of You don't Paul. like Dino? I mean, He's I don't hate Italian. him. I don't Go hate on. him. God. I don't hate him, but I'm not a, like a huge fan. Frank Stoutry I, I can probably... No. No. No, <laughs> no, I can tell you actually what it was probably. It was Jack Kerouac. Okay. Uh, on the road, the character that um, Neil Cassidy is renamed as is Dean Moriarty. Okay. And so I probably picked up the name there, even though Dean Moriarty is like a fucking philandering piece of shit, and I don't like that character. Uh, <laughs> however, I do identify with his fast driving and rambling ways, and... Um, and I don't know. I I just liked the name Dean. It just felt right, so I went with it. Respect it. Yeah. Honestly, it was a very easy decision. I'd, whatever. And Batten's your real last name?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: Batten's my last name. All
1: right. Um, I'm sorry to go. No, no.
3: That. You're fine. You're fine. So, Paul Rogers Bobbitt. He was a music uh, a music minister. He was. He worked with the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, this was your grandmother's husband? Yeah. Okay. So she is, Gammy was an incredibly like well studied, well read woman, uh, a deep thinker. In her own right, and a big fan of like Franny Crosby and other um, hymn writers, and she was deeply fascinated by hymnology, which is the study of how you write and create hymns, uh, Christian religious music. For the like five people that don't know what that means, so she uh, was deeply fascinated by that. My grandfather had his whole career in the Southern Baptist Convention. He was a, he actually got like a lifetime achievement award while he was still alive. Or just you know how much he did, how much he committed himself to that ministry, and my mother is a music mini- was a music minister. She she retired recently. She may pick it up again at another church, but I don't know where she's at about that right now. So for now, she's retired. Um, but she spent like a nice fat forty years as a music minister. And um, anyway, she my mom's whole family then is not only very steeped in Christianity, but also super musical. Probably where I get it from. I get the weird from my dad's side, because they're all Buddhist and bikers, and my mom's side <laughs> is um is all Christian musicians. So you know, put the two together and you get me, I guess. Sure. And um so yeah, like her and her two sisters are amazing singers. And they sing three bar harmony. Okay. So they're gathered around my grandmother's bedside oh singing singing. God. Um, I believe Blessed Assurance it's an old Franny Crosby hymn which my grandmother wrote a monologue a one person stage performance about Franny Crosby they're singing Blessed Assurance oh my. And in three-part harmony, just acapella around the bedside. And it's fucking transcendent. It's amazing. I'm crying. I'm like, I'm the only other person in the room because the husbands can't handle it. And apparently I'm the only like man in the family that was able to handle death or something. Maybe I'm just dumb, but I'm sitting on the back wall of this room. My grandmother's in the middle of it dying and there are three. Her three daughters sitting around her, holding hands, resting hands on her, saying, we love you, mom. It's okay. And they're crying, but they're singing amazingly. They're singing blessed assurance and, and we shall see him face to face. And it's, I cannot describe it in language, but it explains something to me that I will never lose. I will never fucking lose. It saved something in me. It fixed something in me. And I, I don't know what. I don't really care, but it, it did something. And that is why I say it's one of the most beautiful moments of my life because because it really was. She passed. Um, after everyone else had left the room, I laid my hand on her shoulder and I kissed her on the forehead and I said, thank you, and I left. And And I knew that there was a certain question that had been answered that I would just never have to ask again. And yeah.
1: Oh my God. What a way to go out. Whole, that is the most beautiful thing
3: I've ever heard in my life. That is yeah. really the kind of death I wish for everyone. That is, yeah. it, it is, it is the way to go. It is the way to go. It really is. Because... <laughs> You were you were
1: talking about this on stage and I didn't I did not understand what you meant by
3: I didn't love. I didn't want it would, it takes too long.
1: I got yeah you got it out though and that shit is Oh my god. We're all teary eyed in the fucking yeah. room right now. Rob yeah. is crying up a storm <laughs> so, over here. Sorry, dude. I didn't mean to... <laughs> no, it's good. I'm I wanna like throw off the vibe. The but that, that that is that is incredible. Your grandmother sounds like a wonderful woman. She was. Your 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 mother and your aunts, that's
3: yeah, my, I, my mother is, is probably my favorite person. Uh, if, if she is let's get her on the fucking podcast. Please. Oh god, I'll <laughs> <Don't> talk to <laughs> her <now. laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, doesn't, doesn't the like intro thing to this say motherfucker in it? You're probably gonna have a hard well, sell there, but we with the YouTube we'll version
2: censor. it censors. I'll
1: censor everything. I won't say a curse word. Yeah. around your mother, I respect her oh, too much.
3: She will probably. I'll tell her about that. That she'd probably be very flattered. I'll I'll run it past her.
1: All right. Well, well if well, you like
3: that, that'll be an interesting guess. That's way left field.
1: Let's let's talk, know, we'll a talk. Forty, 40 year career
3: lady. Baptist music minister. That sounds
1: so awesome. That's bro. I'm gonna have to. You have an, bro, an MF Doom mask. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's our well. MF Doom. MF Doom is like the spirit of the
3: show. But yeah. What? No. I, I listened to the episode where we talk okay, about that. Right. Yeah. I also love the Gorillas' Demon Days. That yeah, I did my research nice. too, bitch. Welcome to fucking <laughs> Thunderdome. <laughs> We're just talking about no profanity.
2: I did my research too, bitch. No, <laughs> His no, mom's not here yet. Do okay? you know how
3: many times I've said fucker over ah, the course true. of this? That's a yeah, lot.
1: Our moms don't like this show. I quit
3: counting. And mom, I really am sorry. Like I, I'm sorry about the profanity. I kind of I don't know. I think everybody, kind of tongue.
1: everybody creatively is is afraid to do like uh, a <laughs> mom, mom <laughs> specifically <laughs> hearing you curse or saying un. Christian things, and yeah, you know what I'm saying. And she, sometimes you just gotta say, "Fuck it, mom." Well,
3: sorry. she, uh, <laughs> my my mother, has given me an incredible amount of leeway and understanding over the last few years. Like, I uh, I went from being a very resentful asshole to like, she and I have a really amazing relationship now. Yeah. She gets where I'm coming from. We actually have deep, like, kind of theological, mystical, philosophical conversations pretty frequently, and it's always edifying. Like, it's always good to bounce those off mom because she's she may come from a different sort of linguistic. Spin, which is really what religions are—it's just a linguistic packaging to wrap these religious ideas in. And she comes from a different tradition, but than I do because you know I'm all like Hindu and mushrooms and Buddha, and a little bit of Jesus, a lot of lot of Jesus, but not like the normal Christian Jesus. And so, it's cool to bounce things off of her because it's such a different platform.
2: I feel like that's going to be how like my son and my wife are going to be.
1: It's like really good
2: conversations. Yeah, she, right he's going to
1: have real terrible conversations. With- Dad, though, no, So, I Dad, just- about
3: the podcast you did, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: come. I've been listening to this shit. Who the fuck? Rest in peace, Nelson. <laughs>
5: oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! So-
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was my future. I was- I- yeah.
3: I love how you're the you're the you're a fucking like B character in someone else's fucking story. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? You wanna talk about it? here, let's no, let's change I'm not that. Okay. I'm open, this buddy. Is about anyway. you. This is, not, okay. this is not
1: about me today.
3: We'll pick it up another time, you and me will get coffee. We'll go. get coffee at our buddy Nolan's prism coffee shop and we'll talk about sure. talk about how not to die.
1: Perfect. No, I'm not saying I died of my own accord. I'm just saying, S- something happened I st- stepped in front of a bus by accident I oh ate, ate one too many cheeseburgers Who knows what fucking happened I don't know
2: Went out like James Gandolfini two <laughs> lobsters <laughs> we tonight
3: well, dog. well I don't know Like You're going to go out like James Gandolfini And I'm going to go out like James Dean We're, yo, both yo. We're both dead We're both dead
1: I respect that so fucking much. But anyway, um,
3: um, so let's get, let's let's, yeah, yeah. let's let's get into let's the let's get into <laughs> the
1: episode. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about.
3: We've been here for a fucking hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking you, about you psychedelics to... and death. Sorry, Matthew. No. <laughs> this hey, is supposed yeah. to be about
1: your record. Um, What's up, Rob?
2: I was just gonna ask. Do you have anywhere you have to be?
1: Do you have a time restraint? He, no, he said he had no time restraint. Oh, okay. Sure. Sweet. no, oh, dude. dude no,
3: I've been watching the clock on your little soundboard s- the whole time. Perfect. Don't sweat it. We're I got perfect. nowhere to be. Got nowhere to be. Right. I I did that kind of deliberately. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Because I knew, I, I, knew I was gonna love you guys. So yeah, this has yeah. been amazing. And I mean, I, I called you Nelson Mandela and full Nelson the first time I in, like even interacted <laughs> with you, and I, it didn't hit me. <laughs>
1: so
2: that means we're gonna be friends for life. That's how that works. He's like, hey, I'm friends with that guy now.
3: Yeah, pretty pretty much. I'm
2: surprised on stage and say, hey, don't fuck with my big Sicilian friend in the crowd. <laughs> I did tell Nolan behind the bar. I was like, dude, we had a weird like meeting. <laughs> he and, and I talked said, about it today. <laughs> yeah. I said, "I said, bro, Nelson just like went stone cold on his ass. And I said, I didn't know what to do. So I just walked in.
5: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> Maddie, Matty boy. Matthew. What was his last name? Fowler. Fowler. Ma- Fowler Matthew Fowler. Fowler. I keep wanting Matthew to say Fowler. Matthew Groening from The Simpsons for some reason. Oh. No,
3: No, this guy's skin isn't like that yellow. Yellow.
1: No. So Matthew Fowler He's got the grief
3: We, we gave, gave our mother See you guys talk to me like I'm a toddler Well you look at us for help <laughs> I'm not looking at you for help I'm looking at you for support really? It's
1: support I need What's the difference I have I'm, I'm trying to I don't know I have no idea. Me so, every day <laughs> It's this word
3: I'm sorry man I don't mean to be taking so many cheap pot shots at no, you No, No
1: I absolutely deserve it <laughs> <laughs> He loves it
3: the self awareness is appreciated. Yeah. Um,
1: as um, many as many shots I take at Rob, I fucking it. <laughs> Yeah,
3: that's true. Level in the playing
5: field. Absolutely. Uh,
3: Dean Batten, the peacemaker.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, <coughs> so this album. How did you? How did you become friends with Matt? Because we talked about it a little bit before. And how did you discover Matt? And how did you discover this album?
3: Mr. Fowler, we're friends now because he said it. Um, yes, I did. You know, before I came into this podcast, I would have only said we were acquaintances. But I actually would love, love to be friends with him because every conversation I've had with him is damn pleasant. Anyway, um, so uh, the short version is I put this song. Would you like to come in? Yes. I'm going to keep plugging it. <laughs> Buy my merch. Perfect. Those you who are watching on YouTube, you can see how good this shirt looks. DeanBatton.com, it's available. I have merch for every one of my singles so far, except for the ones that I haven't done it for yet, but it's coming because I'm lazy. Anyway, um, so I put that song out back in October and it ended up on a playlist called... Uh, oh, God, I should be able to remember it. Indie Fork, Fresh Indie Fork, something like that. It was some like playlist that um, a playlist creator made, and it was a really good one. Matthew Fowler ended up down... Uh, I paid for the premium package and so i was the second in the playlist but mr fowler ended up uh, he was a couple down below me in the playlist and i recognized his name i couldn't place it and then i remembered as i was scrolling through his uh, spotify discography because i really liked the song that was up there i think it's the second song on the record and um that was on the playlist and um anyway so i was scrolling through his discography on on spotify and i was like wow this is I really like this album and I like this guy and then I recognized the album cover from his first record. Turns out when I was like mad crushing on this indie chick in high school. Respect. Yeah, mad crushing. My God, I was, I was I was I was a fucking pretzel shape over this girl. I love this chick, <laughs> man. I was so into her. Anyway, she wanted to go we had she we dated for like a week and then she broke up with me, but I still wanted to hang out with her and maybe have sex. And then we we went to yeah. she wanted to go see Seawolf at the Social. This was like 24. 13 or 14. I was a senior in high school and um, she wanted to go see Seawolf and they had this local guy opening for him. named Matthew Fowler. Wow. And he was selling CDs and I have a copy of this motherfucker's first Whoa, album on CD, cool son. I got a copy on CD and I proceeded to, I'm sorry, Matt, just put it away and fucking completely forget about it. But I remember <laughs> the album cover when I was scrolling through with Spotify like a few months ago and I was like, holy shit, it's this dude. And... I listened to the new record, The Grief We Gave Our Mother, and it's, it's, yeah, I'm going to take the jump. Okay. This is probably one of the greatest folk rock records of all time. Whoa. Hell yeah. That is a huge statement. It and is. And I
1: respect you for saying it. And I yeah. don't say
3: it lightly. Like, I'm not, I'm not like blowing that. It's not because I like the person. It's not because I'm trying to plug a friend. I barely know this guy. I had a I I saw him, we had a face to face interaction over FaceTime yesterday for the first time Oh, for the first time because I'm trying he lives in Colorado kind of in the Denver area. I'm trying to play a tour. I love his music. It only makes sense that I would bother him on Instagram until he gives me a show. So, um, (laughs) so I, um, I hit him up and he, you know, we managed to have a FaceTime chat about, you know, probably a lot of the same conversations we've had here, just, you know, slightly truncated. And, um, I tend to, I tend to have like one conversation. It involves music, meaning, working out, psychedelics, God, and death. That's usually just the one conversation I end up having all the time. Hell yeah. But um, anyway, um, so yeah, I, I just really loved the record. I was my girlfriend's dad is a realtor, Alexis Joyner's father, and because um, I got to plug her music, I, I helped her make a record uh, a couple of winters ago. It just came out this past October. It's called Angel Energy. It's really good. You should listen to it. It's on Spotify. I play the drums and the bass. I help produce it. Super good. Go check it out. Nice. And um, so yeah, her dad's a realtor. He needed a house painted, and uh, I'm a musician, which means I can, you know, help you do basic welding, paint your house, uh, mow your lawn. <laughs>
2: I will do anything well, for money.
3: Yeah, yeah, wash your dishes. Just please don't make it a paycheck. Pay, pay me cash. So he um, <laughs> so he, uh, he let me paint this house for him, and, and I was listening to a lot of Rogan. I was listening to a lot of Graham Hancock talking about Egypt and the Younger Dryas and shit like that, and uh, psychedelics and pot. And then I started listening to this one record called The Grief We Gave Our Mother by Matthew Fowler. And I listened to it end-to-end all day for about two days straight. Wow. Which is... That's how I know that something's really good.
5: Because I, I, I'm a
3: binger. Like, I will if I like something, I will just, just, just do it. And so, um, it's why, it's why I'm never going to do cocaine because I know I would of, love it. Like, I just, no, no, no I would, it would love be it. Way too awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be way too good. I would never recover from how good it is. So anyway, um, this album just, it, oh my God, it just hit it. Fuck yeah. It's just really good. So I started listening. He's done a couple of interviews. They're available on YouTube to listen to. And they're pretty cool. turns out the production of this record is unique. Um, He did something stupidly crazy. But, fuck, if it doesn't work, and now I want to try it. So, he he did live takes for the... Wait. No, it gets even fucking weirder than that. It's not because, I mean, that's been done before, right? You know, we're the record code live. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, this is even fucking weirder than that. So... Homie does the acoustic guitar vocal and the two female backing vocals. And you got to forgive me. I do not remember the names of the two gals. I believe they're sisters that did the vocals and probably the clarinet on the record was one of them. Beautiful singers. I'm sorry. I don't remember your names. They're amazing. And, um, anyway, so they cut those live together in a room and that gets the basic thing down for everything. The final acoustic, the final vocal, the final backing vocals and the clarinet, probably, um and then later, by a matter of months, in a completely different location, drums, bass, keys added together live.
1: <sighs> that is insane. Isn't it? That's
3: crazy. It's, yeah, it's fucking insane. Who does that? <laughs> like who who in their right mind approaches something that way? But it worked. I mean, you listen to the record, yeah. just, it kicks yeah. it kicks more ass than it has any right to. It's so good, and like I, I'm a sucker for the singer songwriter thing. It's an it's an archetype I've basically just adopted myself into, uh-huh. uh, and I think this guy's got it. Like he's he's really got it. It's a super strong record. Every song is well crafted from like a technical perspective. It's good. It's good. Like the chords are not cheesy, but they're very easy to follow. They're deceptively difficult, or they're deceptively easy. Like they, they sound easy, but they aren't. There's a lot to them, and um, it's just a really well-done piece of music. Every song on it is strong enough to stand on its own, and it also works as a cohesive whole, and those are two of the big like criteria I have for my own work as I try to make it flow as an album. I think this guy's made a better record, definitely a better record than Aries and probably a better record than Naja too. I don't know about B. B was a special thing, but this is definitely clearer. It better produced than B was. So yeah, Matthew Valor did a really good job and now I have a bar to hit and I'm coming for you motherfucker. Now it's competition friendly. I love you, but now I want to win. So I don't know. I respect that. It was, it so was, much. it's yeah. such a good album. That's, I'm fucked up about yeah. it. Such a good album. What
1: is your, like you, you're probably going to say all of them. But what is your favorite song
3: <laughs> on the record? I won't say all of them though. I want to. Yeah. There's two that I actually as a as a as a guy who's listened to a lot of Pink Floyd and bands like that, I uh, I have a thing for like song cycles. And this record isn't a full perfect song cycle, meaning like everything flows as a single piece. It's not quite like that, but God it works like that. The first two tracks, Marianne and Oh, god damn it, what is the name oh, of the fucking track? Ben a lover. Thank you.
1: <laughs> you got it. That's what I'm saying.
2: Did in you here.
3: figure out what those sisters' names were?
1: Uh, it's yeah. on the music video for, 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 go to Matthew Fowler's YouTube. It's, it's okay. their name is on there. Yeah, because I would love okay. to plug them. I believe they P. do
3: their own work. I believe they have their own project okay. and so they deserve their own plug because yeah. they're super talented. But, um, anyway, yeah, Marianne and Ben A Lover, they flow together so well. They're very different pieces of music but the way that he manages to blend them is probably a combination of him and his producer. Y'all did a really good job because fuck, they work. It, it, it flows like seamlessly. I, I kind of, If I only have a short amount of time and I want to listen to something from that album, I find myself putting on Marianne because it's the first track on the record and I'm an idiot like that. I start at the beginning every time. And so it's Marianne followed immediately into Been a Lover and I end up waiting the next like three and a half, five minutes uh, so that that song can play because I don't want to turn it off because it flows so well after Marianne. So those two taken as a single piece, Marianne and Been a Lover. um, Those are that and then followed probably... um, Oh, going nowhere! Oh my God, because I identify. <laughs> yeah, going going nowhere is a super strong piece of music. It's amazing, and so um, yeah, yeah. Those those three tracks are are my personal uh, picks from the record. Like if you need if you need something to sell you on it, aside from my glowing commendation, please listen to those three: uh, Marianne, Been a Lover, and Going Nowhere. It's the really the good Prado songs.
2: or the Prado sisters. Sorry to interrupt you. Thank you,
3: Prado. Yeah. A- yeah, I believe the Prado sisters. Right They're from the boot. <laughs> Dostrovia. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's Russian. I'm just That, that sounded you. a little... That That's not f- Italian at all. No. What? Salud. That's, what, what do the Italians salud. say? Some, they say something. Salud. Pizza. P- Gabagol.
1: Motherfucker,
4: <laughs> <laughs> Gabagool, no, Gabagool, Humphries. We, we had
1: his son saying Gabagool the other day. Gabagool. <laughs> he was using it his was hands so too. Funny.
5: Let's go. That's super awesome. Uh, anyways,
1: That's super funny. I um, this is not my like go-to type of music.
3: Uh, I've gathered that. I appreciate you taking a listen to no, the way no, despite it being so far out of your pocket.
1: I wouldn't say it's that far out of my pocket, but I'm definitely into the obscure, weird hip-hop shit. Rob, on the other hand, he's a fucking mountain man himself.
3: I mean, he's wearing a flannel.
1: Oh. Hey, I got to deal with this I shit. I took everything. mine
3: off when I got in here. It's a warm <laughs> studio, but like...
1: Yeah, it yeah. is warm. No,
3: he is wearing his flannel, so yeah. I mean, um, Rob, what do you And doing? He has a beard. I can't grow one. It sucks.
2: Hey, it's okay. It's it's not all it's hyped up to be. It's a lot of fucking work. Um, yeah, if it's a emotion... I'll, I won't say sad, because this album doesn't make me feel sad. It's very yeah. warm... But there is sadness on it, but it's not the exclusive emotion, for exactly. sure. Exactly, That's a great way to put it. If there is emotion in folk music, it is my shit. Um, so my is Leaving Home, Looking Back. Oh. My favorite. I listened to it a couple times. I listened to it in the shower today, and I was like, just holy shit. It makes, so emotional folk music makes my writer's brain go, and... I have ideas for you. You're just things. sad
1: and naked in the morning. Sad and naked.
2: Actually, it was like three in the afternoon.
1: I was trying to give you a little out there. Hey, I, I did a lot. I woke up early.
2: Um. So you end your day sad and naked? Uh most days, yeah. Are we related? <laughs> Maybe. Um it's in, I was I was Nelson told me I was gonna like it. I, like, I, I
3: listened to the first
1: song. I said, "Oh, I got yeah. do, boy, do I got a thing for you, Rob?"
3: <laughs> Actually, Anna. that's um, I want to say yeah. that's the that's the song that I'm playing. Right, that's the one I'm covering. Is sure. Marianne? Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So I'm going to put a note in here. Mark it. Marking it. This is where Marianne's going to get cut in. All right. There yeah. we go. Somewhere we'll around up, this area. Later. Yeah. Somewhere All right, it's around cut here. Back
1: in. It's, we're cut back in. Whoa! That was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It oh I can't yeah. Believe it
3: man my voice was perfectly on pitch and everything it was, it was quite the experience nary a flaw on that guitar playing Jesus Christ oh my god so um, uh, god damn it it's so fucking corny uh, anyway but
1: I I really do appreciate you picking this album rather than like a classic album or something like that just, just to get Matt's name out there yeah. and, and and you know something that you connect to yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, I
3: think that's really cool that you did that. And I, I mean,
1: we will have other chances to do other albums that you're into.
3: Yeah, sure. Right, I mean, good. I would, I would love to come back on the show. I said it before we got on Absolutely. the podcast here, but like
1: you didn't even give us a chance. You were ready to fuck it. Well, let's do it. You said outside.
3: Well, no, just I mean, yeah, because I, I don't know. Like I could tell that I was going to like you guys. Yeah. And this is something that I want to do more. Hell and yeah. so yeah, cool. like I would love to come more back now. again. And uh, and obviously, there's a lot of really good music out there that I would love to plug. Absolutely. Like I noticed that Nolan half-assed his way through the fucking podcast when it came to the promotion.
5: <laughs> only, only, when, only when I it came didn't... to
3: the promotion. Yeah, and so like, I'll probably come on here another time and plug Neo Wise because it's a strong fucking record that deserves Bro, some airplay. It is very good. Is but it weird if I, I plug one video. of my own one time? No. You did what? Is it weird if I come on and plug one of my own records sometime? No, no that's
1: usually... We have... To be continued. Yes. Yes, I'll, to I'll be continued. I'll wait to say
3: which one it is until yes. that episode. Okay. Yeah no but we had a walk
1: fucking shout out to Nolan one time we oh, had a walk him through the promotions love
3: Nolan yeah, love dude, him is is it's funny he and I met when we were in high school he's two years older than I am so I got in as a freshman and he was a junior and um, it's super funny like we didn't know each other super well but like we both drummed for the jazz band Um, I was a percussionist in the marching band I did a lot of pit work so mallet instruments things like that I played the drum set on the field things like that I wasn't a good drummer I was an okay drummer I wasn't a great drummer I was an okay drummer and he was a, probably less technically well-versed than I was because he didn't. He wasn't in the marching band. He wasn't in the orchestra. He didn't do anything like that. He just drummed in the jazz band. I was pissed because when I got into high school, the band director told me that I had to be in the marching band if I wanted to drum in the jazz band, which is all I wanted to do. And so I had to join the marching band. It was great because Cliff Benoit, is, Benoit, is one of the greatest like percussion instructors in my opinion. And, and between him and the band director, Dennis Kasia, they influenced the way... That I approach music, think about music, and lead bands now. Which, as a solo artist, is a skill I really needed to have. I didn't even know it at the time. But they helped me out a whole lot. And so, Nolan and I were in the jazz band together. We kind of knew each other. But I mostly just thought of him as the guy that dressed a lot like John Lennon. Or uh, Aaron, <laughs> what's his face? What's the movie? Uh, Nowhere Boy? That movie? I got you. Uh, yeah, can he, uh, did you? Did <laughs> Jamie, pull this up. <laughs> <laughs> did you say Chris Benoit? Chris, uh, no, Cliff. The wrestler? No. Oh, Cliff. Cliff, not Sorry, Chris. This is Cliff. a stupid bit I've been
1: doing recently. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's
3: just... Actually, I think I heard you do something like that in one of the episodes I listened to today.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, Aaron, yes. Aaron Taylor Johnson plays... John um,
3: Lennon. John Lennon in Nowhere in Boy. Nowhere Boy. And so I thought he kind of dressed like John Lennon from Nowhere Boy, especially <laughs> in perfect. high school. He had like this corduroy blazer that he wore all the fucking time. He has a whole
2: corduroy suit he wants to wear for our next music video we shoot. I fucking am so excited. You shoot music videos? (sighs) Yes, let's talk after. Okay.
3: (laughs) Beat me to it. But um, yeah, so anyway, um, I just looked up to him. I thought he was a really just like cool dude. Uh, He was like the hipster icon and I wanted to be that. So anyway, um, we weren't super close, but then like later, you know, actually kind of since I moved back from Los Angeles, I really connected with him again and we become very good friends and I, I love Nolan Urquhart pretty deeply. Yeah. I went over to Prism today just to hang out and, you know, he made me, made me a coffee and I told him he could do it with music uh, and uh, and just kind of reminisced and planned some stuff. The next Songwriter Showcase is going to be February 11th and we're already booked, actually. I think Corey Kilgannon is confirmed oh, think... March 11th. It's going to be the uh, third Songs through Prism Showcase and, yeah, I feel like I grew an inch. It's a cool moment. I got a
2: rant. I fucking love. I don't think Corey will not remember who I am. I worked at copper line. He had a cancellation in St. Augustine when I worked there, I was a fucking barista and he showed up. I bought his fucking vinyl. Nelson has it in his possession, borrowing it. It's under my bed right now. And uh, well, I, Nelson
3: just, lives in your house. So you kind of still have it.
2: Well, yeah, but I gave it to didn't <laughs> came, live here. came
1: back somehow. And
2: sure. <laughs> one of my old like coworkers and friends, Jacob Cummings knows him too. Oh, you, know, you know him? I yes. Feel like, I, like I want to get him on too, but holy shit. I watched him perform live and I still have footage that I just don't even know what to do with. I should just give it to him, but I have footage from you his should. show at that. At He'll be there March 11th.
3: Yeah. I, <laughs> now I may be, I may be overselling this, but I, I mean, he may fine. back out, but he is confirmed as of this moment, Corey Kilgan is going to come and play. Um, so I'm stoked. I would love to share a, a stage with him because I think it's going to be incredibly fun. Yes. And um,
2: yeah, I've been scared to reach out to him for the podcast.
3: Well, Why? let's just
1: bum rush and bring the bring the podcast equipment with us. Say, hey, man, like it or not, you're on a podcast. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, buy sorry. a day
3: pass for the foundry and you're set. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yep. eighteen
3: bucks. It's very affordable. Go to the I foundry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's <laughs> plug for
3: at, Nolan. At, yeah, at Foundry Daytona on Instagram. Go hit them up. It's actually a pretty cool co working space for anybody here in Eastern Volusia County. Why am I the salesman? (laughs) (laughs) Kyle (laughs) will appreciate it. It's all good. I hope so. I love him. He's letting us do the showcases for free. Kyle is the coolest fucking dude I've met in a long time. I know. He's a cool dude. He just really loves music.
1: He changed my life.
3: He's in the process of changing mine with the showcases.
1: He has yet to change my life, but I expect it to happen soon. You
3: met me? He's already done it. Yeah, (laughs) He did it
1: inadvertently. Inadvertently. Shut yeah, the fuck up. I say words how I say them, and people know what I mean.
3: Inadvertently. <laughs>
1: anyways. Uh
3: <laughs> Onomatopoeia. So. The tip of the teeth, the tongue of the lips, the tip of the teeth, the tongue of the lips.
1: <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, do you have any more questions for, for...
2: Okay. No, just sorry, Matthew Fowler. We didn't really discuss your album too well, much.
3: At the end here, we did. I yes. I truly love this record. I, I and I'm not kidding. I'm not hyperbolizing. Um, again, I barely know him as of the recording of this podcast. I hope to become better friends with him soon because I yes. I really enjoyed every moment I've talked to him. But this record. The grief we gave our mother is a strong, strong album, and it actually does, as per the aegis of the show, make me want to make music. I want to try that method. Mm-hmm. I want to try that, like record it in two different live sessions thing. I, it actually, I think, I could do that because I'm a multi instrumentalist, and on a lot of the recorded work that you can hear on Spotify and all of the streaming platforms, search for Dean Baden, um, you can you can hear me playing multiple instruments. Um, I've got a couple of pieces I'm working on where I play literally everything. Whoa. On a lot of them, I play everything except for the bass because I love my friend Chris, and he's pretty good at bass. Nice. And like, but no, I like drum and do all of the guitars and all of the acoustic guitars and all of the vocals and mandolins and things like that. And I've got a bunch of music coming out that's got a lot of instruments on it, and I play all of them. Nice. And it, I play a lot of instruments, so I don't really need like a backing band in the studio. But if I could do something where I do like vocal and guitar and maybe some other players with me, we track it live, and then I come in and do a separate session where like Chris is doing the bass and I'm doing the drums at the same time. And we also maybe have like a keys player. Cause I think that's how they did it for the Matthew Fowler record was those three were cut live at a separate time. That would be amazing because you get to keep the chemistry mm-hmm. and you still can like stop and think about it. And that's an interesting thing. That's rare. I don't know of any other record that's been made that way. And and I listen to a lot of music, so I don't know. I may be missing something and I, I don't have a total knowledge. Definitely not. But but I got a fairly decent internal catalog. I listen to a lot of music and I literally for the fucking life of me cannot think of a single other record that's been made that way. It's so novel. And what's even weirder is not only is the production method so out there, but it's a good record.
1: Yeah. yeah, It's a strong
3: fucking album. Yes. It's like every song on it deserves its own podcast almost. It's a, it's a really, really strong piece of music. I I seriously feel this way. And it, yeah. Anyway, that's Include- that's how I feel. So Matthew Fowler, you did an amazing job. The grief we gave our mother. It's available on all streaming platforms. You can buy it. I actually just bought my CD. It's on uh, Bandcamp. You can buy physical copies. You should do it because Matthew Fowler is an incredible artist and he deserves more support.
2: You can also order a vinyl. That's new. Um, he has five shows coming up um, starting January twenty eighth. He will be in at the Moroccan Lounge in Los Angeles. Ah, I want to play January, Moroccan. He's with
3: Sean Rowe
2: and all and. Four of these five shows. The last show is with Sam Weber.
3: The last I heard, that tour might be postponed because Due of COVID regulations. COVID. COVID regulations. Oh, so as of right now, it's, it's not on canceled. It is okay. not canceled. So far as I know, that tour is not canceled. It may be postponed. Uh, go to Matthew Fowler's website yes. and check out. Follow him on Instagram. Follow Matthew uh, Sean Rao and Matthew Fowler. See. So if you want to go see that tour, just you know make sure that it's going to be happening at the time you think it is. It's not canceled, but it may be postponed. So okay. check it out. Also,
2: side note, the album cover.
3: It's fucking cool, isn't it?
2: It's a it's a piece of art in itself.
5: Isn't it?
3: Just
1: wanted to say that the whole episode. Let me see it again. Turn it
5: over. It's, Let a, me it's it. a cool fucking Let me look. cover. It re- really is. Let
1: me just get another look at it real quick. Fire.
3: Right? Fire. Right? It's like, beautiful. It, it, it looks like you can tell it. If you look at it long enough, you can kind of tell it might be staged. But it looks so good that you can't. And that's the mark of a good album cover. It reminds it's me beautiful. of like a
1: Gustav Klimt painting. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm saying?
5: Oh, wow.
1: Right? Look up the kiss (laughs) by. You know
3: what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying?
5: Holy shit. Right? Oh, wow.
3: I mean, I knew you were cool, but I didn't know you were that (laughs) cool. Okay. Oh, oh.
1: Like the mosaic. Flip it around. Uh, Flip it
3: around. I need a refresher, but I I think I know what you're talking about.
2: Nelson's going to hate me for this. That's the one where they got the sheets over
3: their faces, right?
2: Uh, I, I think
1: it's
3: so.
2: this. Also, Shutter Island imagery. I was thinking of something else
1: completely. No, no, it's not that one. That's it's
2: so we kiss. got an. There's an ad over the screen. I can't oh. see shit.
1: <sighs> Motherfucker. No, what's the other one? What's the life and death one? Okay. Look up life and it's like there's like the demon and there's a baby.
3: Okay, with comparison to that, I actually see what you mean.
1: It just looks like his style because yeah. of like the squares.
3: Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, it's like very, the it's frames very that he has. Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I wrong? Well, that's got to feel good.
1: Okay. Um, Wouldn't be the yeah, first time. I've not seen this I'm not actually What are
3: you me? <laughs>
1: yeah. It's got it's like uh, yeah, oh. you were
3: really right. Yeah. Hey, Matthew, go go look up uh what's this one called?
2: It's a uh, Life and Death.
3: Yeah. Go look up Life and Death by Klimt because uh the album cover does bear a, uh, it might be all the champagne, but I think that that definitely does bear a striking resemblance.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1908. Shouts out.
3: Beautiful. To Gustav. Yeah. That was nine years before the Russian Revolution. (laughs) Trivia.
1: Nice trivia. Shout outs to Russia.
3: So,
4: Uh, um. (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh,
4: (laughs) That might have been a bad
1: bad take. I'm sorry. I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of (laughs) that. So, anyway. um, final, Final thoughts.
3: Um. I really like making music. Yes. I really like riding motorcycles. Hell yeah! Mushrooms have helped me get better. Uh, watching my grandmother die changed my life. And I'm resolved pretty firmly to only do what I find meaningful from here until the time that I die. Because anything else is very literally a waste of my time.
1: Goddamn. Nice. On that note.
3: Plug anything
1: again that you'd like to plug. Right Where can we find you? Your Instagram. Okay. Oh, Rob has a question for you. I'm so sorry.
3: You're going to make me pick two records, aren't you? Yeah.
5: I am. Did no I one, did one my, tell you? No, I watched. Oh, you I did, did research. 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 research I can deadlift at least 100 pounds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> two, okay. two albums.
3: Oh, okay. Nice. You're going to make me pick two other records. This is actually good because yes. there are other, like, kind of. Classic records that I wanted to talk yes. about, but you know they've already been released. A lot of the people that are the made them are dead. Um, two other records that I think people absolutely have. To, can I pick three?
1: Yes, sure. Sick. All no, right. No, you can't have two.
3: Go fuck yourself. That's the <laughs> second one. Come on. Three <laughs> strikes, and you're out. You're gonna have to kick the shit out of me in your front yard. No. But um, anyway, I don't want to do that. So three records, um, in no particular order. Grace by Jeff Buckley. Okay.
1: okay. That is a oh.
3: fucking masterpiece, and if nobody. If nobody gets it before me on this podcast, I will come back and do... That's going to have to be episode three. Dean Batten, the fucking trilogy. So I'll come back and talk about Jeff Buckley's Grace because that is a masterpiece of an album. That is Andy Wallace's greatest piece of production and mixing work. And... It's also one of the most like interesting records that involves a cover because there's songs on that that are covers that I didn't know were covers.
1: I was just going to ask, is Hallelujah sh- on that album? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Hallelujah is on
3: that album, yeah. so yeah. is fucking Lilac Wine. Mm-hmm. It's the only guy that can do a song that old from that style in the style he just chose to do it in and make it work. damn. So go listen to Grace by Jeff Buckley. That is a hell of a record, and it is one of my top five. Um, the other two records I want to plug are also by Dead Men. Uh, one of them is uh, Figure Eight by Elliot Smith. I was obsessed with Elliot Smith. I am like low-grade H- Elliot Smith historian. I've read every biography that has been published about him, and I've watched the documentary. I've listened to everything he's released, and everything that he hasn't released that is available online. I love that man. Um, I was fascinated. I tried to be him for like three years. And um, the suicidal period I talked about earlier was basically that was me coming out of it, actually. He followed me through. He was my guide into the abyss as I was working out the last bit of my 10-year-long deep depression. Um, So Elliot Smith's music is incredible. And and if you're going to start anywhere, you should probably start with either or. But the one I've been listening to the most over the last few years, is um, since I came out of my Elliot Smith phase, is probably figure eight. It's the last album he released while he was alive. It's very strong, and I think it's a pretty interesting and pretty fully realized piece of work. It's also probably his most high-fidelity piece. So the third record I want to plug, I don't remember the year, maybe you can help me out with this. The band's self-titled, self-titled album, also called The Brown Album, by the band. Um, as far as records that have influenced me, that is way up there. Um, the band is an incredible piece from rock history. They were Bob Dylan's backing band when he went electric and did the world tour. They're not the ones that played on like the first couple of records. They're not. They're not the studio band, but they played live with him throughout the U- the UK tour. You know where he said Judas? That was the band backing him. Or somebody called him Judas, and he said, "I don't believe you." That was the band <laughs> that was backing him live, minus the drummer Levon Helm. That was somebody else, Mickey something, and um. Anyway, their second album is the self-titled album, colloquially referred to as the Brown album, is a damn fine piece of music. I don't give a fuck what anybody says about songs like uh, Jemima Surrender or The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down because they are solid pieces of music and if taken in the correct context don't have any weird things. They're really good. And the rest of the record is without fault. It's a damn fine piece of music. So highly recommended.
2: Released September 22nd, 1969.
3: 1969. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, that, that was a really good year for music. So, um, that. And then the third one that I want to plug is. Oh, no, I guess that was the third one. Is go listen to Sloppy fuck Seconds it. Give by. It four. Fuck yeah. Four go listen to Sloppy Seconds by Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show because that album actually did change my life. And, um, it, I'm not kidding. Despite the title and some of the songs, uh, I love every piece of music on that. Listen to the deluxe edition that has "Looking for Pussy" at the end. It's a good fucking song, and um, yeah, no, that is a really good record. Shell Silverstein wrote, wrote most what? of the songs on it. Whoa. Yeah, Fuckin- no, he wrote "Boy Named Sue" the Johnny Cash hit. He Boy wrote Named that Sue. song. I.
1: That's yep. That's the guy. My missing piece. Yeah, the Giving uh, Tree. Giving Tree. Yep. Fucking where the sidewalk ends. Oh yep. yeah. He also, wrote, he
3: also wrote an adult poetry book that has cartoons that are extremely vulgar called different dances.
1: Rob, write that down. If you ever want to
3: see a drawing of a dick that's so long, it coils around the man's leg. Different dances by Shel Silverstein. (laughs) He was a wild man. Um, Anyway, anyway, so Shel Silverstein wrote a lot of the songs on sloppy seconds. It's a really, 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 let me say it again. Really fucking good record. I love that shit. Sloppy Seconds, Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show. It's before they went disgusted. I actually saw it some balls. And yeah. it was a really good album. <laughs> so those are those are my three actually four picks of the other records to listen Amazing. to. So go listen to The Grief We Gave Our Mother. Go listen to grace by Jeff Buckley. Go listen to figure eight and either or by Elliot Smith and go listen to Dr. Uh, the Brown album by the band. And when you're done with all of those, go and listen to sloppy seconds by Dr. Hook and the medicine show and tell me it doesn't help you write better music.
1: Hell yeah. <sighs> mic drop before you drop that mic plug, what you need to plug. How are we going to find you on the internet? Where are we going to go?
3: Okay. Um, You can find me at deanbatten.com. That's probably got links to everything you're going to need, streaming platforms, places you can buy merch. It's got links and uh, actually I think active play feeds from my band camp. Uh, It's also got, you know, updates for tour dates, show dates, things like that, upcoming releases. Uh, It's going to have little bits about this podcast I'll probably put up there. Um, So anything that I'm doing, uh, I'm a little bit behind on it recently, but usually I'm pretty good about it. deanbatten.com. It's kind of everything you need. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Official. So Official. Uh, it's the same thing on Facebook. Um, I don't really use the Twitter, so don't worry about it. I think I'm Dean Batten one or Dean Batten one on TikTok. Um, I'm sure if you find me, I don't post very frequently on there either. Uh, but occasionally, you'll see me doing something very self-deprecating on TikTok. <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm currently booking a tour. I don't have a whole lot of dates booked for it because it's going to be in like late April through May uh, with my beautiful and incredibly talented Alexis Joyner, who also deserves to be on this podcast. Absolutely. It's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to be doing that together here this spring. Um, So yeah, find me on Instagram. Come and join the party. Listen to Alexis's record "Angel Energy" because I did help to make that a little bit, and she wrote all the songs and she mixed it and she sings on it and she's an incredible vocalist and a, an amazing songwriter. So if you want to hear something that's really really good, go listen to "Angel Energy." And um, yeah, I, I managed to plug six albums. Perfect. Seven, if I include either or. <laughs> I respect
1: it. This has been Gastle Traveling. I am Nelly Nutbuster Nelson Conroy. You have anything else to say?
3: I love you and. <laughs> It's worth it to stay alive.
1: Who are you over
2: there? Little Robbie Vance. Find me wherever. See you next week.
3: Bye. This is called Would You Like to Come In?
5: A break in the clouds above me. Like porn in a red feather heart, I'm kin to him. You open the door, ah you again say so good to see you. Would you like to come in? Wind on the freeway shatters, and engines combust. A fragment of memory still burns through the dust. I saw their car through all that orange. I said it's so good to see you. Would you like to come in? Wake in the morning breathless My throat all closed off The birds are all chirping as I start to call Your eyes squint tight Then open wide Morning light I'm by your side Lift the sheet And crack that grin and say it's so good to see you Would you like to come in so this is the one about
3: my grandma yeah so this is this is a song called The Quiet Sounds of Sewing it's out uh, in February 2022 Uh, you can find it anywhere the music is streamed or pirated hopefully pirated because that means that people like it enough to steal it so I take it as a compliment anyway um, this is called The Quiet Sounds of Sewing I'd like to dedicate this song to my mother One,
4: two, three, four, one.
5: I was gone to better things, and I think I am afraid of things that I haven't been believing. I can hear your wisdom now, more like the quiet sounds of sewing. Let it stitch me back together, like a song Thomas oh. domiciles and suicides are passing through my mind I got a couple of letters to send my love And a ladder to climb 25 years old, my God, how has it run this long I even wear my trousers rolled, says Elliot. Sojourners in a foreign land that wording has it right. Four hundred years of toil will pass by night and fade in today. A light Well, Thomas House Suicides are passing through my mind I got a couple letters To send my love And a ladder to climb Picket It
3: won't ever heal.
5: I got a couple letters to send my love and a ladder to climb. I got a couple letters to send my love and a ladder to climb.
3: The next song is Mary It's the first song on the album, The Grief We Gave Our Mother, by Matthew Fowler. And his recorded version is considerably better than whatever I'm about to do here. So go and listen to it. And um, this is how that song goes when I fuck it up.
5: I fell in love again. What's wrong with me? I thought that this year I'd learn to let things be Like a fool I still believe The law Can set be free. So come on, jump in. Let me tell you who I'll be and who I've been like a fool. I still think I. Can win At this game we play of hope and wits and skin. So, Marianne, I'm standing on the sidelines in my tattered shoes that I salvaged secondhand. I've searched the stars for insights, hints, and guidelines. But I may as well be where I first began. I trade my crown just to see if I could make this life feel good somehow. Like a fool, I'll stick it around. I cannot get enough for the sound. So Mary Ann, I'm crawling from the corner with these cowboy chords that I taught myself to play I've heard this life is wild and weird and winding. I know that you will hear my song Someday